I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, people of the world. Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash pantelis. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from, and you can put this on your phone Android device, Kindle, just a regular MP3 player. It's a great time. So www.audibletrial.com slash Pantelis. You get a free audiobook out of it and a 30-day trial. Let's try whatever the hell you want. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, and PantelisComedy.com. It's the Pantelis Podcast. Not too far away. Not too <laughs> for us to take us in. So <clears throat> I would like to welcome Jeffrey Applebaum to the Pantelis Podcast. Welcome, sir. Thank you very much. We're, so uh, happy to be here. I believe the listeners are very happy to have you here. Um, I hope so. I think this is going to be a good interview, man. You got some cool shit to talk about. What have you been up to? You've been I've been doing a lot of comedy. I've been uh, been traveling uh, to uh, Ottawa and the uh, surrounding regions. You like performing in Ottawa? I love it because you feel like uh, you feel like you're somebody special. You know, like, like you come back here and like, you know, the audience because the audience there they laugh like crazy. They're yeah, like, for anything. Yeah, they're like the Quebecois but English. So they laugh at everything. It's amazing. I feel so special, and you know, girls come up to me after. Like that's where girls come up to me is in Ottawa, not here, but in Ottawa. Do you feel you should? Tr- you really, chicks don't come up to you here. Not, not. They don't make it as direct here as they do there. Yeah, yeah. Ottawa. They're like, he's leaving. I gotta. He's I gotta leaving. Go after I gotta him. capitalize on this. Maybe he's in a nice hotel. Do, do, do you think that? Uh, so it's not a good place to try out jokes, Ottawa, right? Because no matter what, even if it's a shit joke, they're gonna laugh. It's a false positive. Yeah. I did. Uh, last night I was with Rodney Ramsey on the Colors of Comedy. Okay. Right. What what is that? Uh, at the Wiggle Room. It's um I don't know if you ever seen the Underground Comedy Railroad he does. Yeah. Keisha Brownie's on that. He has a good fucking lineup. Uh, it's part of that. I think it's an offshoot of that. Okay. And they tour around and this was their Montreal stop. Okay. So him and Paul asked me to to go on. I opened the show last oh, night. Oh nice. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I hadn't been the Wiggle Room in a while. How was it performing there? Uh, the Wiggle Room is fun, man. That's the truth. It's performing there because it's small, right? Yeah. It's intimate. You get that feeling. Remember, like how the, com- the how the comedy works really mm-hmm. is, and uh, it's easier to pack it in the sense that it doesn't fit that many people, right? So you get that real that adrenaline high when you're in there. Um, was and it a good turnout? Uh, it was a good turnout. It was yeah. a pretty good turnout. Yeah, and plus they're so close to the stage. That's perfect. You could touch people's faces. That's the best. So yeah. it, it, it amplifies everything. And, I, and I've been doing some new new material about my travels. Yes, and it's been going well. I, I did some of them at the showcase. Oh, you did? Okay. I did some at the showcase, and it went well, too. And where were you? You were at the Nest? I did the Comedy Nest uh, Just for Life Showcase, yeah. Okay, that's awesome. What, that's you great. were at the Works? Uh, no, I wasn't on this year. Get we're the fuck out of here. probably edit this part out of here. Yeah, I thought yeah. you were for sure. No, I thought of... I was for sure. I don't I don't know what happened this year, but... Uh... Did you submit a video? No. I just I, I asked them. I was like, do you want me to submit a video this year? They're like, no, no, it's okay. And I was like, all right. So I didn't hear back, so... That's interesting. I'm, um, I'm going to have uh, soon, when, 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 they're t- when their schedule frees up, I'm supposed to have Zoe Rabner and some other people on the podcast, okay. and we're going to talk about the system and how it works and that, because there's a, a lot of stuff idea. that nobody understands, like even myself, That's I, a good I don't idea. get, yeah. and we want to know, right? Yeah. Um, and a lot of co- comedians that I thought would be on this year weren't on uh, showcases. No. I think it's because we have one less this year. We have one less this year, and you know, a lot of people got on last year that didn't even audition, so I don't... 
I don't think that's the point. I think they, they're like, okay, we know what this person has. But see, I did a weekend at the Nest like two weeks before that, and like four people from Just for Last were there. Oh, so, so they may have probably why. Yeah. Everybody saw me except Zoe that weekend, and, and so I'm not concerned. Like, I, I, it went great, and I hung out with a couple of them after. Turns out one of them's a friend of mine from university. Look at that. Yeah, so it was like, oh, cool. So, like, I, I, I'm not, I'm not uh, overly concerned, but I, I think it's cool. But I think uh, a lot of these evenings are like, they're events for the clubs and advertisements yeah, for, for the, the club. And also, yeah. I think, in case they haven't seen somebody in a while, they want to see, okay, what have they been up to? Let me see what the material's I'm like. I'm almost glad, because, like, like, I feel like, okay, like, you know, my dance music closer. I don't know if ever anybody's seen yeah. I have a dance music closer. And, like, I was not going to do any material this year that I did last year. So, but I don't have a closer at that level. So yeah. I'm almost glad. It's just like, okay, yeah, yeah, bring me back next year. I'll do it then or whatever, you know. Or, what I don't like is the pressure going into it, right? Because yeah. you're anxious. But then, you know, it's like any other gig. The second you start talking to the microphone, you're done. You own You own it. You're do, in, do you feel you're like, I feel it's like a better high. Like the more nervous you are before, the and if it goes well, the better the high after. You know what I've noticed? If I'm not nervous, I don't perform as well. Me too. I have to do squats just to get that adrenaline going up in my system. I'll actually lean up against the wall and I'll do squats. Like if it's an open mic, if I don't have adrenaline, I'm bombing. So I have to, yeah. Go- going into a gig, yeah. if I feel like I lack the nervousness, I worry because I know it's not going to go that well. So yeah. what I do is I start thinking about it a lot so that it makes me nervous so I get back into the zone. Because if I'm not nervous, I don't have that anxiousness. Right. I won't perform as well because you have that fight or flight instinct. Yep. And I don't, you just go on too casual. Yep. So I like the fear. And then you're there. You're tr- it's like a game. You know, you're trying to prove something. You're, you're in a basketball game, fourth quarter. Yep. You know what I mean? And you're, and you're trying to give these people something, you know, something to connect to. But I find with hosting, it's kind of opposite. Uh, uh, hosting, yeah. you, hosting wanna, you need to be You need to be relaxed. Yeah. Like, like totally relaxed and just talking to people and not trying to make anything happen and when you don't try to make something happen the conversation itself becomes funny and i find that uh audience members they, they're they're far more forgiving when it's like you know off the cuff you've been doing a lot of voiceover work too right yeah how's yeah. that going that's great uh that's uh i'm i'm very lucky i i mean i i dedicated i, I don't know it's now 20 years 20 years ago i decided that i wanted to be a voice actor and then only in the last five years I, you know, began making a living at it. Uh, actually, in the last two years is when I began making a living at it. So, is it hard to get in? Impossible. That's how long it took. It took somebody on the inside seeing me at one workshop one day and going, "I know he's not legally allowed to work because of the union regulations and yada yada yada," but I'm going to help him. And then ten, it still took like ten years for me to make a living. So it's impossible because it's the same twenty people that that they call upon because they're like clients. So it's like, oh, I know I can rely on Jeffrey because he delivers rapidly what I need on time and I don't have to worry about him going overtime or anything like that. You know. Do you record at home? No, I, I go to the studios there. There's a various amount of studios. Like yeah. they're mostly in old Montreal. I always wanted to do voice acting, but yeah. I feel like my voice isn't uh, I feel like my voice is weird. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It doesn't have uh, like normally you have that heavy va- bassy voice for a man. If he's right. doing, I don't have that same voice. Right. You know what I mean? So I never pursued it. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, eh, they're not going to take it. But I do like it. I do appreciate the art. I like video games. I like all that stuff. So yes. I really like voice acting. I appreciate all of it. Yeah. But uh, I never knew how to get into it. And I was. It's hard yeah. because you gotta. It's it's acting. It's the thing. It's not just the voice part of it. And uh, you have a nice voice. I just want to tell you that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but it's not just the voice. Because a lot of people are like, oh, I have a nice voice. Can I get into voice acting? It's like no. That's Can you not, act? That, it's, it's, that's the thing. It's acting. It's like you got to make it sound like you're talking, and there's a science to that. And that took three years of training. 
So like, there's a huge like that's it's like it's like comedy. It's like, oh, I'm funny. I tell funny oh. stories at dinner. Therefore, I should be. Like, no, it's like there's a met- it's a metier. It's like yeah. you got to learn. There's like there's you got to chop up a sentence and know where to put the emphasis and this kind of thing. So it's not. And then and then when you get to the pro level, you got to do it like that. They got to know like I I okay I want it more like this and not like this. Boom! I give them what they want and more, so that they like it's all based in trust. It's like, oh, I know this guy can give me what I want. I yeah. hate what you just mentioned when uh, somebody said something funny at the dinner table. Yes, and they're like, you know what, Pantelis? Can you hook me up with an open mic at the Comedy Nest? Because yes. uh, I think I'm going to take your job. Exactly. I always say the same thing: be my fucking guest. Yeah. I want to see you up there. Yeah, <laughs> and I've had so many people. I had somebody message me and go like, uh, "Hey, uh, I've got nothing to do this summer, and I heard you do voice work. Uh, can I get in on that?" That's um, how it works. Yeah, you yeah. just say, "Can I yeah. get in on it?" And then you have a job. That's how it's exactly. easy. The world is easy. Exactly. Yes, because uh, if you want to open up a fruit stand, go to the fruit stand in your n- neighborhood and ask him if he you can open up one next to him. Yeah. And just boom, like that. Like no, there's no like sense of like, oh, it's a small business that I run that I own that I've built. For for 20 years to get to where I'm at and and it doesn't happen overnight especially like you'd have a better chance being a regular actor than you would as a voice actor because regular actors it, it's not as tight-knit there's it's not this like little I don't I want to say this elite cabal you know it's like an elite cabal of like the same people that have been working for 30 years and you never heard of them but they make good money you've never heard of them so like to get in on that takes for Ever. Well, if you're a good voice actor, because yeah. like I said, I follow certain voice actors, Jennifer right. Hale, things like that. Okay, cool. Dude, yeah. you can make uh, not just a living, a great living, great living. right? And it's fun because yeah. you're kind of working on your own terms. Do you yes. know what I mean? By yeah. going into these studios, you have fun with it. But like I said before, I didn't. I should have tried to get into it when I was at Electronic Arts back in the day right? because uh, they would do voice work for, for video games. Oh, yeah, yeah, But yeah. at the time, it was before the podcast. It was mm-hmm. before I even did stand-up. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing theater acting. I was, oh, you I were? Was, yeah, you didn't know that. I did not know I, that. I got my starting Greek plays. It, what, Greek doing. plays is the best training for comedy. Yeah. Uh, where where did you... Uh... At the Hellenic uh, Community Center. It's funny because uh, um, Kristen had just posted a photo. She was there for, I think, immigration purposes or something. Okay. And she's like, oh, I just got my... Something like that she wrote. And I was like, that stage in the back, she didn't even notice. Okay. But that's where I got my start acting. Perform- that was my performance and beginning. What, was this where? In, in uh, high school? or uh, No, well, I was in high school at the time. Okay. But the, uh, the actors that were in it were different. There were some adults. There was some some younger, some older uh, it had nothing to do with age. It wasn't like school play. Okay. It was a production that the community would put on. So it was and like eight hundred like, people. Was it like Agamemnon or Oedipus? Or? Uh, no, the ones that I, there was the ones that I had done. Um, there was three plays that I was part of. One was uh, about Greece in the sixties. One they were all different, and I was always adding that comedic element yes. to my to my style, even yeah. though sometimes it didn't call for it. Right, but it seemed to work, and it would resonate with the crowd. Yeah. And on the last play I did, it was actually Phil, who you just met before. Okay. He was the youngest director. He got into directed because he makes movies, things like that. Oh, he does. And okay. he wrote a script for it. He wrote a play. Uh, he directed it. I made a lot of good lifelong friends on that production, too, which is pretty fun. And I, he allowed me to ad lib after a while. He got tired of directing me and he, right. he let me ad lib. And so much of that off the cuff humor that the crowd was feeling and working with, it kind of motivated me, you know? Yeah. And uh, I brought that into stand-up after when I started doing stand-up. Yeah. I didn't have that fear of, of performing in front of people because there was, what, 800 people in front of me judging me? Yes. So after that, 100, 200 people was not an issue. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's where I got my, my start that's performing. That's fantastic. I, I, so I, did, I did theater for many years. I did Shakespeare in the Park. Uh, I did that for a couple of years. And I did some other plays. But I'll tell you the best training that I ever did for stand-up uh, was not theater. Well, theater immensely helped. But it was actually, I had to do live, live infomercials 
in stores like The Bay selling mops. In the store? In the store. So I'd have to call them over the PA, okay, and I'd have to do four 20-minute sets. Okay, Get the fuck out of On here. commission only, fighting for my food, and I'd have like 15, 20 people there and do a whole demonstration with like a uh, memorized 20-minute set and like had to deal with hecklers and like, yeah, yeah, because they'd heckle and like, you know, they'd interrupt and like, and then I had to like pretend like more people wanted it than they wanted it, <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? And then like give them the mop to demonstrate and give away little free gifts and that's, and then throw in my own little jokes here and there. That was the best training that I ever got. Yeah, that, no shit. Because you're, you're directly interacting and with And you're them. forcing them. They didn't they didn't show up there to be infomercialized. No, they didn't. It's yeah. like, oh, there's a free gift coming and then you give them this, this little cloth. It's this tiny little thing and then like it was like the the biggest highs and like of making a lot of money and then the biggest crashes of like just people like like one person thought oh i thought the whole mop was free and then they like 10 of them were gonna buy it and then they all threw it down on the floor and walked away yeah so that was literally like a hundred dollars in my pocket taken away from me that you know what i mean like it was the hardest thing i didn't know they did did that shit at the bay they do they take advantage of uh actors young young actors and i was i was young at the time i was 26 and i needed the money and and it's for actors and they'll put on craigslist and you go and then they screw everybody out of money and stuff like that. It's a really bad company, um, but yeah, yeah, they, it's not. It's not the Bay that does it. It's like this, this company that goes into like the Bay and other stores and you know profits off of young actors and stuff. But even in comedy, uh, I see a lot of the young comedians. They'll get certain gigs and they get fucked out of them. Like they don't get. They're not. They won't get the clubs like us. So mm-hmm. that's guaranteed. Nobody's gonna fuck you out of money there. No. Uh, they don't have like the Franco Tadeo gigs, right? Franco's never fucked me. Same thing. He nope. pays well. He's he, honest. He, and he also puts you up on some pretty fun shows where people get to to meet you. Yes. And different uh, areas, different cities, or that you wouldn't go to normally. Yeah. Right, like suburbs. Um. So, but there's a lot of other people that take advantage of comedians. Yes. And they just fuck you on pay. Right. You know what I hate? I hate when you do a gig and you promise a certain price. Like, okay, give me twenty minutes. It'll be 250 bucks, for example. Right. And then um, at the end of the show, they're like, yeah, you know what? I have 70 bucks. Yeah. It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, we had a deal. It's, it's like, nah, that's all you're going to get, 70. It was going to be 50, but I'm going to give you 70 because I'm feeling generous. Like, you told me 250. What the fuck is this? That's disgusting. And then what do you do? You know? Yeah. What do you do in that situation? If you're me, you physically assault them. But most yeah. comedians, what are they going to do? Did right? you like the, without- uh, Normally, I have, uh, like, I got Poseidon with me and things like that. Okay. So the one time there was some fuckery, it was, it was, it was very quickly. Close. Well, oh, it, yeah. you should have, well, that's what you yeah, should have yeah. done. It, it was quick, quickly close. Yeah. Like, I'm not the person to fuck with. Yeah. Like, uh, you've made a. Horrible mistake. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna step aside and just pretend that you made a mistake counting. Yeah. Please recount. Good. Or you're gonna have a, a a lot more problems in a couple of minutes. Right. And then you know Poseidon just stands there ominously, just staring. Yeah. And uh, the guy had uh, the guy. All he did is is add more twenty dollar bills. He made the the total of what he had promised me, and he gave it back. And he didn't say, "Oh, I'm sorry, I made a mistake." And he just looked at me, gave it, and just nodded his head like he didn't want to talk anymore. Like Good. he knew it was because uh, yeah, I guess because I'm a comedian, he didn't think it was gonna get physical. Right. But uh, I wasn't always a comedian, dude. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah, not yeah, yeah. Just what I care about is just what, what deal we had. That's all I care about. Well, is yeah. if uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm never gonna extort somebody. But don't, don't lie. If you tell me do this for ten dollars and I agree to do it for ten dollars, I'll do it for ten bucks. It has to do with the money. Right. It has to do with the principle. Don't fuck with me. No, don't. And it's funny because like people, they have a weird sense of like because the value that they get from comedy is in the moment, and then when it's done, there's no more value there. Yeah. So like, oh, well, that was nice, but uh, I don't have actually any value right now. So maybe we can negotiate this price whereas like if you give a car for example you still have that value so people in their heads is like oh there's still tangible value here it's like no that's why we agree ahead of time uh, that you know it's like prof- some, some professional wrestlers I've heard of stories of like you know when they become veterans after WWF you know and they go to like the you know the, they demand to be paid up front you know because just thing. in case yeah just you, in case. some people yeah. they, they fuck you like the good thing is now the circuit that I run in let's say 
Uh, I don't do any any sketchy places anymore. Even the bar. Isn't it great we don't have to do that anymore? Dude, it's amazing because <laughs> yeah, even yes. the bar. I just realized any any any. I think the last three times I've ever done a gig that's at a bar. Right. One of them was David Acker put it together, brought me in. Okay. Like they're all legitimate people that are bringing me on board. So there's no fuckery. Right. I haven't done a sketchy uh, set in a while. In mm-hmm. a while. In a while, which is good because uh, I think the weirdest, the weirdest, the sketchiest thing I did was the art loft two weeks ago. How was just that? Just because it was fun. It was I'll be doing that in a couple of weeks. Yeah, you'll, you'll like it. You'll definitely like it. But it, it was just a sketch when I went in there. I was like, what the fuck's going on here? It's an yeah. apartment building. Yeah. Um, but everybody's there. There's so many comedians that you haven't seen in a while you're going to get to talk to. Uh, it was French, actually a lot of fun. The French comedians. There's French comedians. I got to see some French ones that I hadn't seen that were actually really funny. Yeah. Because um, I think that the Quebecois comedians get a bad rap because some of them fuck around. You know how it is? Some of them steal a lot of jokes from the English scene, and do just, they? You didn't know about this? Well, because I've been doing a lot of French comedy. Okay, so I, so I haven't, I haven't seen that. Okay, happen, you but should Google, look into this. Yeah, there's known comedians, big ones in Quebec, right? Okay, that take huge uh, sections of of sets from big American English right. comics. We're right. talking about like a, a Cosby, a Burr, a Seinfeld, yeah. things like that, and just translate them to French yeah. and tour in Quebec and do them. Well, that's uh, I, that's understand. Like, okay, it's not understandable. Understand. As it, it's not understandable in... Uh, I, like, I can understand the process behind that, not condoning in any way, uh, is because a lot of the comedians... Because the, the structure of French is England... Is, is, uh, uh, the French comedy scene is very interesting in that um, the audiences are easier, yeah. but... Because the the you know there's not that many French people compared to English people in North America, they have to turn over their material so fast. Yeah. So what they do is is they hire writers, uh, like people with our amount of experience, you know, which is what five years, six years, yeah. have a team of writers. That's fucking. And itself. those writers are stealing it. Well, those writers are stealing, but yeah. there's been cases of actual that they just don't give a fuck. They're like, yeah, I took it. What do you like? I'm making right. a great living in Quebec. I and then when they fuck. go to Rimouski or Timiskaming, they they don't. Those people don't know. Those people don't know. Those people like, don't know. They're like, what? This is a great joke. This is a great joke. It's a yeah. great joke. Wow. I, I don't know why he called himself Seinfeld at the end of that. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. That didn't make sense. Yeah. Right? He talked about his Jewish heritage. But it's so true about the difference between black people and and words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Isn't that true? <laughs> it's wrong. <laughs> Wow, for a white guy, he really knows those differences. Yeah, wow, he really his fingers on the pulse right there. It really is. But it's interesting that they would do that, right? So they get a bad rap. But the ones that I met, uh, man, they're they're young, they're talented, they're, they're a lot of fun. You know what I mean? Oh uh, man, there's a guy. My favorite right now is a guy named Didier Lambert, and uh, I really like absurdist humor. Um, I my my style is kind of absurdist, but I still have to keep it like logical so that the, so that the mainstream audience would follow it. But I love absurdist humor. That's actually my my what interesting. I, what what so, how do you define absurdist humor? It's just it's it's meta. So like I'll give you an example. Like Bo Burnham. Uh, I no is he? I guess he is a little bit. He is a little bit. I wasn't crazy about Bo Burnham. Uh, but like I'll give you an example. Like it's like the the joke is very meta. So like for example, his closer, which crushes every time, is he's talking about like he pulls out his ukulele, which is a little bit passe. I understand, but like he has a ukulele and uh, he talks about that he has a child and uh, he sings the song, the giraffe song to his child, and he's like, and this is the song of the giraffe. And sometimes the giraffe gets a little bit sick, and he goes. Ugh. <laughs> but he's playing the the ukulele perfectly throughout, and he's literally gagging on stage, and his oh. eyes are tearing, and he's but he's still playing like, <laughs> like perfect, as if it's two different. Yeah, it's like, and it's and then you feel like you're being taken hostage by a guy hawking on stage, and that's the absurd part because the joke comes on the audience. It's like we have to sit through this now, 
as this guy is basically vomiting and making himself vomit on stage, and that's the ju- so it's like meta on many levels. Even and and the f- and on top of the meta being on many levels, it's so stupid. He's just hawking. So that to me is the absurd part that I love. I think that's what's fucked up about me is that uh, on certain levels I'm such a conservative even in comedy. Yeah, like because I just love traditional a man in his microphone mm-hmm. babbling. I love that. Like I'm very much um, a Bill Burr kind right. of guy. I like uh, I even like the old the old Eddie Murphy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just like seeing somebody just with a microphone go crazy. It's not that I don't like the music. It's not that I don't right. like going a couple of levels different. But the stuff that I look for that I'm attracted to is that you know. And I love right. I love watching. It makes me laugh. Just the person's soul being you're just burying it all through the microphone and then touching base with something like oh i know what he means yeah i've been through that shit you know that's what always get that's why i like seinfeld that's why i like um Mm. you know so it seems so simple but if it was that simple you would have thought about it well actually my other favorite one is norm mcdonald i Uh, love norm mcdonald mcdonald's is just love norm mcdonald because he's just you really feel like he's absurd too he's absurd too but he does it on that classical level but he's he's still talking about something very deep the depravity of human you know like his his uh, gay pride joke i don't know (laughs) it kills me it just kills me and janice you know janice it's like uh, basically he does a seven minutes on like what it is to discover someone on the news who's been kidnapped and killed and buried and your emotions going through it and i can't just find it if you can i think they took it up but it's genius he's He's one of the. Uh, I mean, within the comedy community, comedians respect him and love him. Yeah. But I feel like he never got his his just dues. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. With the rest of the world, because a lot a lot now is based on what kind of TV shit you're gonna get, yeah. how much you're gonna get seen on TV. Right. And a lot of the best comics uh, don't necessarily get the best Netflix deals, right? Like like I said, I'm happy that somebody like Bill Burr, for example, he's getting all the success, which mm-hmm. is amazing because he's a fucking he's a real comedian. Right. Right. But for every Bill Burr. There's going to be another three uh, comedians that deserve to be up there that don't get that chance. Oh, yeah. You know? And there's so many factors that we're not we're not seeing, you know, and, uh, you know, looks is a big part of it. Yeah. A huge part. And uh, also your willingness to conform to what the, you know, the people behind the scenes want you to say. You know, if you say something against that, they're, you know. You feel? Because, like, Bill Burr says a lot of shit that's against. Hannibal Burris kind of fucks the system a bit, too. I like Hannibal Burris. You, I haven't, uh, I haven't seen stuff recently. But, I mean, they'll say certain things that are against the, you know, the structure. But then they'll, they'll reinforce. I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, South Park. Uh, a lot of I love it. So I love South Park, and they did last year the PC principle, right? <laughs> Which is like you know, like you know, very anti, uh, you know, left and very anti social justice. And so a lot of people were saying to me like, "Hey, do you think that these guys are the real deal?" And it's very interesting because you know you want to take that serious, and and that it being anti ultra radicalized left and ultra anti free speech is against what the system wants. So that that's interesting. But then if you watch the end of the series, uh, uh-uh, because they blame the whole thing on capitalism. And that's not where this comes from. Unfortunately, it's communism. That's where it comes from. So, but here, here's the thing, right? Um, so you you have the idea that communism is the issue, right? Yeah. Well, the way I see the way I see it right now is that Matt Stone, Trey Parker, mm-hmm. view the dangers of of the radical left, view that uh, hypocritical um, policing of thought as a bad thing, mm-hmm. but they see the end result as something different. They see it, it as fascism. They yeah, see it, it as fascism. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that just because they think capitalism is the issue that they're bought and paid for. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. that's because you never know with a history where somebody's coming from, how they're going to see things. It's the same thing with context, right? right? So certain words will affect different people depending on context. For me, that's the most important is context. Mm-hmm. So I don't care what you say. It's all about how and when you say it. Right, because mm-hmm. it like I um, I think I've talked about this on the 4H podcast uh, in university here in Concordia. 
I was doing American history. Mm-hmm. And my uh, the teacher that I had was reading a letter, whatever. And in the letter, it wrote like, oh, and I had uh, my house nigger. When she said it, initially she was reading the letter. Nobody had issue with it because it's the context of reading what it, what the guy was writing. Right. Made sense. Mm-hmm. But later on, she said, she's like, yeah, everybody at the time had house niggers. And what's funny is everybody kept their heads down like it was normal. And I was looking around. I was new to the class. And it was me. And there was only two, there was only two black students. It was a guy and a girl. They right. were looking like me. They were looking around like, why is everybody just cool with this? Yeah, and yeah. I was like, okay, so it's clearly a problem because if they're the ones who are offended, right? right? But all the white people had their heads down. They're like, this is normal. But contextually, it wasn't because it didn't make sense in that context. I was like, what the fuck did she just say? You know what I mean? Yeah. Initially, the letter reading it made perfect sense. She said the same words, mm-hmm. right? But it, it, there was no problem because she was reading what historically the guy wrote. That's, right. There's no problem with that, right? Yes. She's just paraphrasing what. Uh, actually just directly uh, reading it but the second time when oh everybody had house niggers I was like what the fuck and that that contextually doesn't work that's what I'm trying to say so right. it, to me that's very important is context not just what you're saying because people mm-hmm. always get hung up on words oh somebody said cunt I'm offended oh somebody said retard context well, we're trained people. We're people are trained not even to look at context. It's funny. Like I started studying semantics, and semantics is the study of meaning. And like meaning, like for example, is found in the picture, right? It's not found behind the picture. It's not found above the picture. It's not found behind it, and it's also not found in the pixel of the picture. If you look at the pixel, if we zoom in, like I'm looking at the Pulp Fiction picture behind you right now, if I zoom into that little blue pixel, I'm not, th- there's no meaning there. The meaning is in Uma Thurman with her legs crossed behind her with the cigarette, looking at you with the words of all the stars in it, and the title of Pulp Fiction. That's where the meaning is. Yeah. So it's 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 the words within the context and the frame of the entire picture. That's where it is. If you take that, well, look, then you can just make up any meaning you want. That's what's happening yeah. now, especially with us as comedians, right? Yeah. You always have to, you always have to suffer through that now. Uh, I'm seeing it more and more. Yeah, I still do my sets. I don't give a fuck, right? Because right. the club owners don't have an issue with me. C- mm-hmm. Comedians don't have an issue with my material, uh, and 99% of the cr- audiences don't have trouble with it. Right. Once in a while, you're gonna hit the wrong fucking person. Yeah. They're gonna take something out of context, right? And they're gonna get offended, and they're gonna talk. But to people you after are the trained show. to do this, and now. that's the thing. They're trained to do yeah. it, and they think that they're rebelling against the system. Quote, I'm like no. No, the system is making you do this. Sorry. Sorry to tell you guys, you're smart people, and a lot of pe- smart people can get deceived. I'm sorry. I've been deceived many times in my life, but uh, the fact that you think you're rebelling against the system by doing exactly what the system wants you to do means you don't know who the system is. I, have you ever heard my joke about the, the Facebook guy, the status, where he threatens he, to commit suicide? I think so, yeah. I haven't said it in a very long time, but uh, a lady had told me after a show once, mm-hmm. You know that that was a little uh, offensive for me. Um, you know, I have friends that dealt with, uh, you know, suicidal thoughts, this and that, right? Mm-hmm. So I would just like you to apologize. She really said that. Yeah, and I laughed. I laughed in her face. I go, lady, just so you know, I've never seen you before. Yeah. I don't know the fuck you were. Yeah. But going up on stage before you even sat down, I was going to do that anyway. It has nothing to do with you. Yeah. I didn't come out there to try to attack you. So if you don't know how the rules of a comedy club, how they fucking work, that's your problem. I'm not going to apologize to you for a joke that everybody else laughed at. Yeah. And and it's interesting because, like, I did a show with Mike Ward over the weekend in Ottawa, and he has a great joke about retard. 
And, uh, and oh yeah, great joke. And he, and basically, he's basically saying like, the, you don't call it the R word because you're making it sound like the N word. And how dare you piggyback off of what a black real have yeah, gone yeah a, re- a real, real problem, suffering, yeah. <laughs> real suffering. And that's that's how I see it every time now, where it's like, oh, like oh, I have a friend who thought had suicidal thoughts. Like, how dare you piggyback off of the suffering of somebody else? Yeah, fuck to, you. Yeah, screw you. Like like really, like you're piggybacking off of actual suffering to uh to promote your alt your to pro- what do you even think you're promoting what do you think you're going to get out of this I, what would the sar- your apology have done for her in her life like literally if she's that weak then there's no empowerment in whatever she's studying i can't remember who said it but i think it was a guest on on the show a little while ago i'm not sure who it was i've been having a lot of guests but somebody said the problem with this generation now mm-hmm. is that they look at the past a lot right they're very nostalgic and in the past every generation recently at least in the last hundred years had something to fight for the first world war second world war civil rights mm-hmm. uh, equality all that stuff for women feminism real feminism not yeah. what it is now no. um all that they had a reason to fight mm-hmm. right now these kids are all looking for a reason right so that's why they're so uh, on edge they're like oh I'm, I'm offended this is bad we gotta stop this uh th- this is bad for society this is they're just trying to grasp at straws right yeah. and the real problems though they refuse to tackle the real fucking problems. Yeah. Real issues? Nah, that doesn't What about the, the genocide of the Christians in the Middle East? What like about right that? No, no, the people, it's not even reported in the news. They're just beheaded every time a church gets blown up in the Middle East. Oh, no, no, that's, we don't even talk about that. Like, not even worrying about, like, what's actually going on. What about, like, all the rapes that are going on, like, in the Middle East, in Africa, and that thing? They're not, not talking about that, but it's that I got offended by this comment on here. Somebody said to a movie star, hey, toots, or whatever. Yeah, or yeah, said, exactly. Yeah, nice body. And now I'm super offended yeah. that, that women can't go out and express themselves. Yeah, and I don't blah, understand blah, why blah. you make a blanket statement. If Mel Gibson gets uh, in trouble for, for calling a cop sugar tits, right? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, women, it's unequal. They're getting mistreated. He didn't. Number one, why does he represent everybody? First of all, how yeah. the fuck do you give him the mantle? And second of all, he called one person sugar tits. That doesn't mean that every single man in America turned around and started telling their significant other, hey, sugar tits, make me a sandwich. Right. That's an isolated incident. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm not saying that there's no equ- inequality, right? Everybody's always going to, there's always going to be somebody getting mistreated, mm-hmm. whether it's because of their race, sex, just who they are, just you're not likable. It could be any right. reason, right? That's the truth. We're never going to be all equal, everybody, because there's always going to be some asshole who doesn't like you for mm-hmm. any reason, right? Me, just because just I'm a man doesn't mean that my whole life is uh, fucking roses, that nobody fucks with me. Yeah. And the same thing with the inequality in pay, right? I think that the uh, results, at least here in, in Canada, I'm not sure how it works right now moving forward, might be a little skewed because I've been in jobs where I was doing the same job as somebody new who was a woman, right, less experienced than me, was making $20,000 more. Mm-hmm. I didn't complain. I was like, yo, you know, she was a much smarter negotiator. Right. Right. And she fucking got a better contract. Oh, yeah. Good for her. I should have done the fucking same thing. And then on another uh, job, I knew better how to negotiate because I learned from her. Right. And then to do, she was just smarter. Uh, She was a smarter negotiator. She did better. So I I think moving forward, uh, I don't see that the the inequality in pay is going to be an issue because I find that if well, it, it, well, the, the you thing, won't be able to hide it, you understand? Well, the, you won't well, be able to fuck somebody g- over. But what is going to be an issue is if everybody keeps uh, thinking it, it's reasonable to to blame your 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 like lack of success on your gender, on your gender. or on your nationality. In fact, I'm sorry, corporations like the the, the best argument that I've seen against this is <laughs> uh, if if corporations were so like uh, standing up for the rights of men versus first of all, if there if there was first of all, the, the difference is in earnings, not wages. Like that's a fact. So earnings is what you spend after you earn. Yeah, uh, sorry, uh, after you get your wages. Uh, so these stats, what you're saying is they are a little bit skewed because it never made sense. They're to me totally misleading. In my professional. Be, 
I'm not talking about stand-up comedy, right? Stand-up comedy is right. a whole different beast. It's yeah, fucking yeah. whatever you could scavenge. But before that, we're talking about electronic arts and video games, right? right? Um, everybody, man, depends on the job you did. You'd get paid the same thing. I didn't do with men or women. Right. No. Uh, so it my, doesn't my, exist. My professional career, digital agency, virtual reality, mm-hmm. never had anything to do yeah, with, people, your, people, your, with, your, no. with your gender. It doesn't. And if it did, first of all, if they're paying women less because they were women, well, then they wouldn't hire men. Exactly. They're corporations. And you want the proof? They'll hire a nine-year-old kid in Bangladesh. Boom. Yeah, Done. Yeah, exactly. End of argument. They're not... It's it's totally misleading. In fact, at best, it's it's, it's an outright lie, number one. Uh, or at best... I don't think it's not... You know what I think it is? At best, it's misleading. Yeah, and here's, here's a I good example. I think we're carrying over stuff that historically was happening. Because I do believe that now, my, my professional career, let's say in the last decade, it's never happened, right? Mm. But I do believe that this shit was going on right before, right? Absolutely. There was no laws against it. So they didn't give a shit. Mm. Absolutely. So like, oh, we this, have this, it now. Yeah, this and in fact, coming. it's insulting to actual feminists who fought for those rights and who won those rights. It's very insulting to second wave feminists who who through effort and through uh, battling and whatever, got those rights. And we have them. To say that they don't exist is is so disrespectful to feminists. You know what argument? Uh, I'm not going to go into super detail because the person, she listens to this show. Mm-hmm. And I like her, but we got into a huge fight about, because uh, she had asked me how much I made on a, on a production. It mm-hmm. was a virtual reality production, right? And she was complaining about how she does, she works in education. That's all I'm going to say. And she was complaining about the money I made on on that uh, on that production. Mm-hmm. I was like, "These are that is not a real argument because they're two completely different jobs. You don't. F- it's not because I'm a man. It's because I'm doing something. There's more money in. You understand? Yeah. You have a cap. This is insanity. So she thinks that you should. She thinks all that be making the same. So that's well, communism. Yeah, that she that's made communism. either that. Well, I said, are you talking about we should no matter what you do, a doctor should make the same as a janitor? She's like, no, but uh, you know, because you're a man, you have it easier. You can do this. I go, no, you decided to be a school teacher. Right. This is common what they're going to fucking pay you here in Montreal, mm-hmm. right? I went into this. There was more money into it, right? It's, it's a Hollywood production, so they have a bigger fucking budget. Yeah. That's why there's more money in it. And I've been doing it for and you're not fucking gonna, for 15 and years. you're not going to be hired every day exactly. on a Hollywood production. Exactly. They come here once a year. And 15 fucking years almost, yeah. if you look at my professional career, how, right. what it takes to get there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's special. So it's, it's, it's special. Are you fucking insane? No, no, you have it easier. That's why you, I go, yeah, 15 years. That's fucking easy. I just walked into this. And it's funny. So, what logic does she use to go, no, you have it easier as a man? Because uh, the, the feminist argument is, uh, as men, we cannot speak for women because that's mansplaining. So then what gives her the right to say that she knows what it is to be a man? Yeah, I, you know what? I think somewhere down the line, shit, wires got crossed and, and we and we we stopped communicating properly with each other, men and women. And uh, like this man, uh, what the fuck is mansplaining? I don't even know what the fuck that is. Yeah, exactly. It's it's basically it's the would you like like are you rhetorically saying are you? you no, no, I really don't understand. I keep basically hearing like it's oh the, you're yeah, trying to mansplain, mansplain. So this. It's basically, but it's the idea that a man cannot uh, speak on the perspective of a woman based on who he is as a man. I can't speak on the perspective of a woman. That's true because yeah. I've never had that. Doesn't perspective. mean you can't. Yeah, but, but I, can, I could speak on on the subject. Yeah, and I could speak on my. It's perspective. a total logical fallacy because yeah. basically it's like just because I'm a man and somebody else is not. Uh, we can both determine that the sky is blue and not green. So just because I don't have X person's experience does not mean that I cannot determine the adequate and the accurate facts about a situation. Like I'll, I'll give an example. When uh, I had discovered uh, the job that I was talking about earlier, that the new woman with less experience was making mm. $20,000 more. That's And it was a substantial amount, right? Yeah, Obviously, it's not, yeah. it's not little money. Um, when I found out, my my instinct wasn't oh what the fuck or fuck uh, fuck her why I'm a yeah. man. I sh-. No, you know what my instinct was? 
fuck, she outsmarted me at the with negotiations. Like I folded too quickly, right? Mm-hmm. I should have fought a bit more. I didn't know. Yeah. And I used that as as building blocks for my next negotiations. You know what I mean? I was smarter because of it. But I never felt like, oh, it's because she's a woman. Uh, they were easier on her or this. And that. And that never came into my head, mm-hmm. right? But if, it, if the tables were turned, if the tables were turned right now, and she found out that I had 20 more yeah. and I had less experience, I feel like her reaction may or may not, I don't know, would have been different. But like, oh, he's a guy. That's why he got more money. You see yeah. what I'm saying? So why is there this double standard? Because information is cheap today. So we've got we've got smartphones that are just buzzing off all these news stories. And we look at the headline. We don't analyze. People don't, first of all, they don't understand logical fallacies. Nobody has studied Aristotle or Plato to understand that most of these stories are based in logical fallacies. So th- th- like the one that I just said about perspective and how that's a logical fallacy. So for example, a lot of these people are being trained to look at things superficially. So it's like, oh, he gets X amount. So for example, the medical argument there's a good uh very quick thing about the medical industry of how like people are like well men make more money well actually it you can't generalize to the medical industry because men tend to go for jobs like cardiologists uh, and females tend towards jobs like uh, being a family uh, pediatricians. So the cardiologist is more hours, it's more specialization, it's more school, it's more investment. But the the females in medicine tend to guess what? Not people aren't going to like to hear this. They tend to like to stay at home with their family, have a little bit more time at home with their families than a cardiologist who would be working eighty hours a week or whatever. Yeah. So. So yes, the cardiologist is going to make more money. It's more a dangerous job. It's higher risk. The insurance is way higher. The training is way higher. And some women, guess what? They're not defined by money or their job. They actually like their kids. They actually like their families. It doesn't have to do with, oh, medical? You want to be a doctor? Well, you're a woman. You make X. That's that, superficial thinking. That, that's, what, that's what I'm always saying because I, I, I want to see a, a study here at least in because I'm not saying it doesn't happen around the world, right? There's, there's fucking kids that make 10 cents an hour. Sure. I want to see a case where you take somebody with a same experience, yeah. Uh, same background, right? Same, um, uh, I don't know. Um, same or different wages, different sexes. Okay, I, I want you to to compare them and tell me there if you have the same company, right? Two people, man, woman, doing the same job, same yeah. experience, nothing, and one makes more. I want to see that study because that is a problem, right? Yeah. That's there's no excuse. Well, there for have it. been studies on it. That's the thing. That's what people aren't looking at because they don't know how to read that stuff. And I don't mean, oh, you're all stupid. It's that we have so much entertainment in our lives that we don't like. I'm a nerd. I'm a literal like. I don't mean like I'm a comic book nerd like that. That's a cool thing to say. No, none of that. I don't have TV. I don't keep the internet at home. I read all the time and I read the classics and I read how to research. I read how to decipher, okay, which document can we say is authentic and which one isn't based on principles of research or et cetera, et cetera. I'm a literal nerd. I get off on this. stuff. In fact, I should be writing more comedy than I am because I'm spending so much time reading actual information. So what I've discovered is that even up until like a year ago, I didn't even have good research methods and I don't spend any time in entertainment. So people aren't going to spend time on that because what does everybody say? Oh, I binge Netflix last night for six hours. I feel so guilty. Okay, great. But why aren't you why aren't you researching that which makes up the fabric of our society so that your voice can be heard and you can actually make a difference for people? Oh, yeah, no, uh, Facebook says that that's all racist. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. People don't inform themselves and don't know how, they'll just say, oh, that's just the systematic racism if the facts don't uh, agree with my perspective. No, sorry. Look into it. It's more complex than you think it is. And guess what? There are people putting out information that don't have your best interest in mind. Sorry to tell you, that's the truth. Well, here's the thing. I don't go that far into researching. Uh, what I do is I just 
I try to use logic and everything, right? Yes. So the same thing now, yeah. my argument is based on my experiences in the professional world. I've gone to work in digital agencies, in uh, in, in um in uh, a- entertainment mm-hmm. industry, all that stuff. Yeah. And I use those examples. And so far in those fields, in those fields that I've been part of, I have not seen an inequality where um, men get an easier time than women. But what I have seen a lot though, and this is the truth, it's just what I've seen, is that I have seen women who do get paid more and for the same type of job. I have seen that a lot. Right. And you know what? It could it could have nothing to do with sex. It could be complete coincidence, which is one way. That's the truth. You know, let's mm-hmm. logically it could be coincidence. It could fucking be too that these specific women that I saw were way better negotiators. They knew what the fuck they were doing. Yeah. Right? There's many um there's many reasons why that could be. But I've never seen women being pushed down and this and that. In fact I've seen the opposite so many times. Uh, the, cor- the big corporations don't want that shit over over their heads. Sexism, racism. They don't have time. They don't have time for they that shit. Time. Man. They, they want to make money. They want to make money you're the better worker you're gonna get treated you but make, they don't give yeah, a fuck yeah, that's what it is and it's funny because i work in an industry where because of my looks like i'm not your typical you know good look i'm not a ryan gosling type obviously so in my industry I'm not a ryan gosling exactly type. whatever or only that. ryan gosling is ryan gosling exactly so. but you, you know that type where it's the leading man type yeah, i'm yeah. not a leading man type i'm gonna get the small character roles to audition for i'm never going to go for that high paying lead role and i've made my peace with it i get the rapist i get the I, <laughs> I, I i i actually got a I got a pimp, uh, a pimp drug dealer the other day called GF Yourself. GF Yourself. GF Yourself. That's his name because he's wearing a hat that says that. But yeah, literally that. So like it, 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 it I've made my peace with it. I'm not going to get paid in the same way because of my looks. Guess what? I'm probably a better actor than a lot of lead actors that I see. And in fact, I just did something with a lead actor who I'm funnier than that person and I'm uh, uh, a better actor than that person. But guess what? That actor has... The intangible. He looks like someone who a lot of people would want to click on and watch good. because he's good you looking. pay that sexy bitch pay more him. and you give him the leading and, role and they, you sell those yeah, fucking exactly. movies. And I got a very funny role in that production and he couldn't do that just like I couldn't get people to click on things because of how I look. Exactly. You you you, you yeah. work to your strengths. I, I find that people complain a lot now about um, getting better at stuff they're not good at. Oh, you know what God, I mean? Yeah. Just do what the fuck you're good do at what and you're just good at. be the best at that. Plato says everyone should do one thing. That's it. In a, in a society that works, everyone does one thing. And you do the thing that you're good at. I'll tell you something. I I um I love music. Mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of music. And we're talking about wide spectrum. Not I listen to a lot of music and this is my genre. Uh, I have no genre. I'll listen to rap. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't like the stuff now, though. I really don't like it. Bitch, it's bottles, this and that. It doesn't entertain me. Yeah. I like old school rap. I like talking about the streets. I like talking about family uh, inequality. Like I like social um, uh, conversations. Yeah. So I love that. Yeah. Uh, I love heavy metal, old school heavy metal. I'll yeah. listen to Greek music. Yeah. I'll listen to opera. I'll listen to anything if it's good. Classical? Okay? I love it. Jazz? Love it. Nice. Love it. I listen to all that stuff. Yeah. And I love music, and I wish I could sing. The reality is I can't. I don't have nope. a voice for singing. Nope. I'm not good at singing. Nope. I tried playing the drums. I was in a band for three days until they realized this guy does not play the drums. Yeah. Uh, it's just not in me. I love it, but it's not me. So I'm not going to waste my career, my life, trying to be, trying to fit into that box because I don't. Right. I could appreciate it. I could love it. It's not for me. No. I understand it, right? No. And and I made peace with it. I know what I am good at, and that's what I do. Right. Right? I'm not, but a lot of people now, it's uh, it's they're just terrible at something, but they're like, no, I love it so much. I got to become good at it. And I've seen it even with stand-up comedians. There's stand-up comedians in our scene now oh boy. that have been career open micers. Career yeah, open micers. 20 fucking more, more than 20 years of just open mics. Yeah. And they still think think oh when i'm 50 i'm, I'm gonna make it i'm gonna break yeah you can't you still haven't gotten a paid gig and you've been doing this for 20 years it's, yeah. it's not gonna work out you should be focusing on something that you're good at you're good at but they don't want to accept it no 
It's this lack of wanting to look at themselves. Wanting to look at themselves. Like, yeah. you don't understand how much I love music. Like, I wish I could sing. I would, if I was I, a good I singer. I look at rock stars and oh. I'm like, I want that. When they're on stage and they're in the flow and like they're not, you can tell they're not thinking, they're just flowing. Man, that's so, it's I'm beautiful. so jealous. I'm yeah, so jealous. It's, it's like, some, but it's something I can, I know no. I'm never going to do. Same here. You could, I could practice for 10 years. I don't have that in me. No. I have the comedy in me, though. Yeah. I got that I always in me, wanted so to be like advantage. Bono. I, I, I'm so embarrassed to say I that. I hate Bono. You hate Bono? Yeah, so do I now. But like back then, like, I, I, and I know how embarrassing it is to say it. That's why I'm saying it, because that's why I know people are going to be like, oh my God. But like when I watched him do Zooropa or Zoo TV, I was like, that, it's like, it was like theater and it was rock. And I was like, this is everything. I want it to be like that. And then it was just like, no, Jeff, you're never going to be that. Like, but like it still took me a few years to realize that like you're not that. You know, it's just get over it. And make your peace with it. Have you ever heard of Woodkid? No. Oh, Woodkid is good. He's from uh, he's from France. Okay. Um, Woodkid. Woodkid. He's I forgot Woodkid, his real yes. I forgot his real name. Okay. Very and it's very like somber like oh like it's, it's some some good shit right. I would love to be able to sing like that, but at the same time I would love to be able to sing like the fucking weekend and have that fucking passion in there and you know you're, you're forcing it out there and, and and you have a performance on stage. Yeah. I love that too. But you know what? Uh, it's never gonna happen, but I am gonna appreciate all that stuff. Love it. Yeah, love it. And life really takes off when you accept like what you're not good at. And like I, I found in my in my life, you know, because there's been so many failures that's ridiculous. Uh, and and uh, you know, to 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 accept those failures and for what it is, and to totally detach from it, and to be like, oh, this is not me. I can't do white people sports. I realized it's not for me. <laughs> white people sports. You know why? Because I look white, but yeah. the Greek genes in me yeah. do not allow so me to do white. So you tried curling a lot. You've you failed okay. at curling. I love. I actually like curling. You like but curling. I'm not Good at it. Seriously? I like curling. I've Curling's never tried fun. it. I was actually joking. Like okay. I like watching curling, okay. but but it's and it's a boring sport, it seems like it, but it's actually fun. So but you, you've I'm retired from cricket? Ski cricket, uh I've never tried cricket, but I don't like baseball. What about lawn bowling? I don't like baseball. Lawn bowling. Uh, I don't even know what the fuck that is. It sounds it's, super it's white. It's in Westmount. Yeah. yeah come come I, to Westmount that you see old people lawn bowling. Skiing, snowboarding, not for me. I can't do any of that you shit. You can't do that. I was but a then, skier. I was a skier. Yeah. Fucking we're talking about uh the only the only sports that I was good at was hockey. Okay. And it was ball hockey, right? Not even not even skating. Um, I love when I was ball. younger, I used to play basketball. Yeah, uh, and I love soccer, right? But I'm not as good at soccer as I am in, let's say, hockey, for example. Right? Okay. Uh, I could never have made it professional in Why soccer. Why do they call it cosm hockey? I don't get it. It's not. Co- there's different. There's cosm hockey and there's ball hockey, okay. which I found out too. I didn't uh, know that. Ball hockey. There's there's uh, professional leagues in Europe. Ball hockey. There's international terms. When I was here, uh, I was the captain of Park X's team. Mm-hmm. Um, there's even uh, there's the league in Quebec, which is uh, part of the Quebec Ball Hockey Association. Mm-hmm. So you could qualify if you're in a high enough division for regionals and nationals, and it's, so it's a lot of fun, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And I had a fun team. I got to play with my friends and stuff. It was a great time. Um, I got injured a lot though towards the end. I was, uh, you know, I was I was getting out of shape and it okay. was very physical. But cosm hockey is with those uh, balls with holes in it. That's like they play in the gyms oh, and stuff. Okay. I, I can't play with that shit. Yeah, Ball yeah, hockey yeah. is those orange balls. The orange balls. You're that's wearing what I like. full. You're wearing your oh, fucking equipment. That's it. Uh, it's it, it's 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 a rough sport because think of yeah. ice hockey. Yeah. But you can't glide. Yeah. You can't coast. You have to run everywhere you want to get to. It's super tiring. It's great exercise. Yeah. It's a skill in itself. It's talent. There's a lot of talent. Like I could show you players right now that play in uh, in PTM in Laval in right. that league. You look at the Premier League. There are players who do things with that stick and that ball, which sounds so sexy. Hey, hey. Uh, that would mesmerize you. Right. That ball will fucking stick to them. It is so. One of one of my guys that I used to have on my teams, uh, Paulo Paulo Lazardo. He's, he's he was very good Portuguese player. 
Um, just that ball is magnetic. He just he that ball's gonna go where the fuck he wants it. I to have go. a friend in Ottawa, and she plays uh, ball hockey. Uh, in fact, I'll be back in Ottawa on February twenty fifth uh, next where, week where, at Yuck Yucks. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so I'll be there on February twenty fifth, and uh, and she plays ball hockey, and uh, yeah, and I, I just love that stuff. It's just great. I used to play when I was fourteen, fifteen. I, I just absolutely uh, went crazy for that stuff. It was the it was like it was like um, what do you call intramural? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, if you're yeah. not on a team, you get to play. And I was like, I don't care. I, that was the best. It was it was awesome. I miss it. I, I've thought a lot of times. I haven't played in like two years. I've thought a lot of times of going back and, and joining a team and playing. But it's also hard because like, you know, what's the point at this at this stage uh, apart from fun? Because if I get injured, which is likely to happen, right? Right. Like I got stuff I'm doing, like stand up, for example. You can't go on stage with no teeth. No. Do you know what I mean? No. Unless um, you have like a fa- false teeth act, yeah, which it, is going to put you out of the club. Exactly. Yeah. So it's very, uh, it's very fucked up because I, I still love it. I still love it a lot. And I always I always have that, oh, fuck it, this summer I'm going to join a team yeah. and just go play with them and play a couple of games. But then always my, my, my logic comes back, my consciousness says, are you stupid? Right. You're going to hurt your back. You're going to hurt your teeth. <laughs> you're going to, you know, uh, you're going to ruin your career. Yeah. They're all going to laugh at you. Yeah. Yeah. For the wrong reasons. Exactly. Hey, but you were talking, uh, we were talking earlier about a lot of stuff. Yeah. Eyes Wide Shut. I want to talk about this movie. My favorite movie ever. Is it your favorite movie ever? Absolutely. Get the fuck out of here. Absolutely. Have you seen The Lion King, sir? <laughs> yes. And it comes, it's just so funny because you, you brought up Eyes Wide Shut. It's almost offhand before. And I've literally seen the film 200 times. Because Get the fuck. Yeah. That's a long movie, dude. It's, well, I have a film degree actually from Concordia. So, like, I analyze films and stuff. I like and this. that one is multi-layered like it literally oh yeah, it's Stanley Kubrick it's Stanley it's a Kubrick and I say a Kubrick like a painting because it's a Kubrick and it literally like it got panned by the critics when it came out in 1999 and literally for the reason that the title says eyes wide shut they didn't get it it was oh did the right critics over, hate it that much they hated it I, I remember saying I remember a film teacher of mine he would he would say oh eyes wide shit like he said that and it, it, it may be it's okay so Kubrick took 20 can I just say something yeah the the fact that a teacher, right, just a guy who teaches, yeah, would have the balls to talk shit about like a Stanley Kubrick it, film. And not only that, it was, in his opinion, his masterpiece. He took 20 years to make that film. When he was, like, that's why it took so long between Full Metal Jacket to get to Eyes Wide Shut. Because he was working on that long before that. He, was, he started working on that when he was making The Shining. Like, that's how long he was working on it. So everything in that movie... Are you sure about this? I am 100%. Yeah, I did all the research on it. Like, he, he everything in that movie is deliberately the way it's supposed to be. Have it you is, seen his daughter talk? Uh, I've seen a couple of things about his daughter. Apparently, yeah. uh, that's what she says, that a lot of stuff that he put in um, The Shining also, that Stanley Kubrick used to see things. He had visions. Like, he was, um, he was in, in touch with like another dimension, or he was a very uh, spiritual in that sense—not religious, right. but spiritual. Like he knew a lot of shit. Apparently, he was given information yes. from another side. I'm not saying it's real or not. I wasn't there. Well, 2001: A Space Odyssey is is about the occult. Actually, it's about uh, the the um, ascension, the spiritual ascension of man from. Uh, the physical ascension, yes, but it, but going in when you see the baby in the planet, the star child, yeah, that's very occult. It's like through the occult, the occultist believes that through the occult and the contact with the spiritual dimension, he can evolve into a god. And gods are always planetary intelligences. So that so the, in the occult, so that that is very much a part of two thousand one. I think he pulled away from the occult towards his latter life because he did say um, that his his world views, although he denounced, he did not say he believed in a in a personal. God, he did say that man is is messed up. The idea of <laughs> humanism is is ridiculous. That what exactly is the idea of humanism? Humanism is the idea that man is perfect, 
uh, in birth, and that it's just society that messes us up. Oh, really? We're yeah. perfect, and we need to be we need to be tolerant over everything except religion. So it's re- yeah, it's a total double standard, and uh, most people are, are under the influence of humanism. In fact, they had to rewrite humanism three times because guess what? Nazis were technically humanists, so they had to rewrite it in 1971 for the third time. So great, great philosophy. But actually, he said his his views towards the end of his life were as close closer to Christian than anything else because he viewed that man was was just fallen, was just uh, could not. You put any man in any kind of government situation, they're going to mess it up. Yeah, of course. How do we not uh, accept this? I mean, I, I, we we should be at a stage where we we got to accept that we're all fucked up. Yeah, and we got to move forward together. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's it's exactly it. But uh, yeah, no. He, uh, oh man, Eyes Wide Shut is just a, it's a beautiful, it's a masterpiece. It's a ma- and it's only for a very few uh, people are going to have the patience to want to look at this film over and over and over. I over. liked it. I saw it once. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, I also because I'm a big conspiracy. I would theorist. love to. I would love to watch it with you and point certain. Things oh, out to you. The, the, I would just love to. We're going to yeah. plan something. Like I can this. go for hours on. I've, and I found so many. I found like cast members talking about them being at the ritual scenes when their character you didn't know. It was just brilliant. I love it. Yeah. I, I want to know more about it, but I'm a I'm a big conspiracy buff sometimes. But when I get into conspiracies, I get in too deep. You know when you go far down the rabbit hole and then you get lost. Yep. So when I saw it, I Guilty was already going. Yeah, obviously we're comedians. We're fucked up people. Yeah. Um. When I first saw it, I was going into it with that mindset of uh, you know Illuminati and and they're going to show you this, they're going to yeah. show you that. So I was already going in looking for something. Uh, and I did enjoy it, but I'm going to say something right now because you mentioned the 2001 Space Odyssey. Mm-hmm. I, ha- I hadn't seen it till recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite video game uh, producers, Hideo Kojima, Metal Gear Solid series, who this guy is very knowledgeable. It's his favorite movie. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, I've been putting it uh, off for a long time. I like Kubrick. I did not like 2001. I did not enjoy it. Yeah. I'm going to go on record saying that. People are going to be like, oh, what the fuck? It's a great movie. Well, I didn't enjoy it. Remember context, because in 1967, there was never anything like that. Remember, that was before Star Wars. So yeah. I, for, visually, that was mind-blowing. I'm not saying visually I yeah. didn't like it. I just did not have fun. I didn't right. enjoy that fucking movie. It's a movie. very slow, 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 slow movie. movie. But at the time, it was still blowing audiences, uh, their mind away because of, of, of the technology. But also, I think... If you read the book, the Arthur C. Clarke book, and its connection to the occult and to the Illuminati, uh, you will see that it, it's it's telling two stories. It's telling the, the public one story, and his films does do this. It tells the public one story on the surface, but underneath, a lot of them are communicating to each other certain things. And uh, certainly Eyes Wide Shut. I mean, look, uh, that that orgy scene, the exterior shot was taken at Mentmore Towers. And if you Google Where Mentmore, is that? Mentmore Towers is in England, and it was the Rothschilds uh, country house. So I don't know if your your f- listeners are familiar with who the Rothschilds are. They they're basically the emperors of the world. Of the world, yeah, they control five hundred trillion dollars. So if it, let's put it this way, if world poverty, they wanted to end world poverty tomorrow, they, they could. could do it with a snap a of the second. fingers. Yeah, for a fraction of the taxes that you and I pay, they could do that, uh, percentage wise. But uh, so th- the actual orgy scene and those orgy scenes are very much a part of those. And you can look up Rothschild Mansion parties, and you will see that they have parties with masks like that. And uh, Well, that, that's known. That, that even, uh, that's what Kubrick got that. He did a lot of research. Like you see, I, I've studied yeah. a bit in this. Yeah, and the Venetian masks? Or the, the Venetian masks, yeah. yeah. And, and this, is, this is stuff that's been going on for a while. This isn't like a 90s epidemic. This has been going on This goes on back since, to Canaan. The yeah. land of Canaan, this goes back to Egypt. This, this is the ancient mystery religions of, of the occult. And it's basically about uh, demon summoning. As ridiculous as that sounds to, to some people who might be listening to this, uh, they believe that... What you're saying is as ridiculous as it sounds, 
you're not saying that that's your interpretation. No. You're saying as ridiculous as it sounds, the people doing this, yeah. it's what they believe. So if you think it's ridiculous, <laughs> look you at the people who are doing this. You need to open your mind up this. for a second and think that these elite people who are exquisite businessmen. So if you're a business, any basic businessman knows that, that it's effectiveness over efficiency. So for these businessmen, and this is proof, you can look at uh, look at the M A N N, the Man Act. They were convicted. A Mason was convicted of uh, transporting prostitutes across state lines. Oh yeah, I saw this. Yeah. So so this is real. They pro- they they have these prostitutes at these these orgies. So if it so that means if they're getting away with this, then they're controlling things at the level of state, CIA, FBI. It is more worth it for them on a business level to be doing all that control than to not do that. So you need to ask yourself, what are they getting as a yield from all this kind of stuff? And Friends, you, right? You hook up, you all do a fucked up orgy. You're like, yo, you, Steve, you don't tell anybody about this, Steve. I'm going to show w- your wife these photos of you banging these hookers. Well, beyond that, it's, it's actually beyond that because, uh, well, they have masks on, so they can't do that. But, but beyond that, because the, the, if you study like Aleister Crowley, if you study the occult, which, um, sex magic rituals are very powerful. You know, people are into like, you know, visualizing their outcome and that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, like uh, um, having a positive uh, outcome. Yeah, so this you visualize is, success. This is this on I do that. I visualize success. Well, this is this on super cocaine because basically when you enact the kundalini the chakras in that they talk about in yoga i don't know anything about yoga yeah well i mean it's all about the seven chakras and if you're having sex it, it enlightens all those it's a can i do energy. yoga without fucking the instructor yeah uh, i don't it, know with your it, looks no <laughs> is, is is it healthy though yoga because i keep hearing good things about it i wouldn't do it you wouldn't <laughs> i used to, I used to do it for stretching. years I, no i wouldn't do it. i used to do it for years i don't do that stuff any longer okay no but yeah, no. So those those rituals are real because they they accelerate the uh, the intent of what those people were doing. So do you think um, here's the thing I hear about eyes wide shut and a person who's seen two hundred times and analyzed it might know some more. Stanley Kubrick, I heard, was killed over that movie mm-hmm. that he he revealed too much in it, and also the final edit that we got out isn't even his final edit. So there's stuff that was kind of altered. So we didn't even see his vision of what his masterpiece was supposed to be. So he was trying apparently to tell the world something, yep. and he never got the chance to fully complete it. Now is that just horrible? shit uh, conspiracy theory stuff or is there some kind of truth to it well let's look well, you just look at the, you know reasoning I mean they put it they put that party that private party and they, they put it at someone that the elites would know it's their house so I mean you do the deductive reasoning from there I don't know I can't say for a fact because I wasn't there but I mean uh, the fact that that uh, he was exposing and there's there's many other things in there like uh, Tom Cruise's friend played by Sidney Pollack uh, you know Victor Ziegler is a German Jew, and the Rothschilds are German Jews, and uh, Ziegler is the German word for bricklayer, which is bricklayers Mason. are masons. Yeah. So I mean, he's it's it's encoded into the film that these are elites from New York, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, doing these occult rituals, and it happened during Christmas, which means that it's the Saturnalian uh, rites rituals. So that Saturn is the Roman god that is Satan. So it's it's if for those with the eyes to see, this is very clear. That's so, interesting. Yeah, so this is not... The, and, and the thing is, the general public or the would not get this at that particular time. The fact that the word eyes is used so much, the fact that they used rainbows so much, would, do you want to go what, with the rainbow? What's end? the... You were trying to explain this to me earlier, but we started the podcast. Yeah. What does that mean, rainbow? Yeah, so you'll hear it a lot, like, do you want to go where the rainbow ends? Like those two prostitutes at the beginning who uh, try to take uh, Tom Cruise away yeah. there. Uh, do you want to go where the rainbow ends? Well, first, I mean, that's... Uh, is that like the old pot of gold at the end of the rainbow type of shit? Like mm-hmm. Leprechaun? No, it's more... I think in that film, it symbolizes more uh, the covenant between Noah and uh, his people. 
But why? Uh, where where, where are you getting that from? So, so in the Bible, when God floods the earth, right, he sets a bow in the clouds and he says, I will never destroy the earth again via flood. And that's his covenant with his people. He's going to so, do it by nuclear weapons. Well, <laughs> no, well he won't do it. He's yeah, not you know. doing it. But, yeah. uh, but basically what these occult rituals is always an inversion of whatever the Bible is. So if they invert the Bible, so if you're going to go beyond the rainbow, it means you're going with the group of people that don't have the covenant, meaning Esau. So if Jacob got the covenant, there's Jacob and Esau. Esau did not get the covenant. Esau became Edom, and the Roman church today is always referred to as Edom, the Edomites. So, so if you're going, and that, you know, that ritual that you saw had very much like, you know, it had a Catholic chant in there. Uh, and in fact, it's it's called backwards priest. I, I like that scene, by the way, and I like the music. I like it's very ominous, like. very ominous. And I found out what the lyrics are saying. They're oh, what act- are they saying? Yeah. So basically, what they're saying is because it's it's in reverse. They it's all backwards. So they're saying it in reverse. And what they're actually saying is um, uh, uh, giving up sin to God. Like God, please cover me from my sins and and all these things. So if they're playing it in reverse, that's what the Satanists do. They play things in reverse. And, um, and and so it's an inversion of what God's uh, covenant is with his people. So, so yeah. d- was the person singing it just singing it backwards, or did they do it frontwards and then change it Jocelyn, for the movie? Jocelyn Pook is the uh, the person who made the music in the in that particular part. And she, uh, yeah, she reversed it, inverted okay. it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So you can find that. You can find lyric for word for word lyrics because it's it's in Rome. It's a it's a Roman Latin. liturgy. Yeah. It's a liturgy. Yeah. So yeah, that and that came after years of that. Interesting thing that I found though, the woman who's at the beginning where Tom Cruise discovers her in the bathroom and she's passed out, Mandy, and you find out at the end, Mandy in the newspaper clipping, um, is dead, right? But is she the woman? that warns Tom Cruise at the ritual. And that was a big question uh, for a lot of people. Is that, you know, because you know that scene where she's, you got to get out of here. Yeah, you got to get out of here. They know who you are right. or something. Now, if you look at the cast credits, the person playing that role of warning him, his name is Ab- her name is Abigail Good, whereas uh, the actress who plays... Um, Mandy. Mandy is uh, not Vanessa Shaw, but anyway, somebody else. What had happened was, because it's very difficult to say because... The man in the newspaper article at the end where they say, you know, beauty pageant has been found dead in her hotel, yeah, yeah. says that she was dating Leon Vitali. And Leon Vitali, if you look in the cast credits, is playing the priest. He's, <sighs> yeah. So and Leon Vitali is actually a friend of Stanley Kubrick's who's in all of his films. Um, and and so, so you're like, OK, well, wait a minute. Is she or isn't she there? And so I found an interview with the actress who played Mandy where she says, uh, actually, here's the truth. I was supposed to be the girl at the at the ritual, but my I I got injured. My injured my tibia because that ritual they had to do two hundred times because Kubrick like it's the longest shot film ever, right? Because oh, it took fuck. two years. Yeah, so so that so it was the getting up and getting down on that carpet in their high heels. She busted her tibia doing that, and so she so um, Kubrick wasn't sure if she could do the rest physically of the scene. physically. Uh, you know, so he got Abigail Good who looks close enough like her, but she's actually next to her in reality. They put her in another mask, and she's there. Uh, Mandy is there. She's under another mask next to Abigail Good. But in terms of in the movie uh, reality, yeah. it's the same person. It's the same person okay. in the movie reality. Who's? Yes. Uh, I'm going to ask you this question because I had a... Remember the priest? Yes. Who is the priest? Was the priest the, 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 the big shot who killed the hooker? It, it's you know, it's, it's, or you never know. It's, well, because there's there's indicate like in the cast credits it says Leon Vitali, 
not Sidney Pollack. Right, but that doesn't matter because it matter. could just be a stand-in. Because here's the thing. If you look at when Sidney Pollack rev- gives, gives the big reveal at the end around the pool table, you notice the pool table is, is red. Is red. I, you see, I notice yeah. things like this. He's red and he's banging, he's tapping his The same way that, that the, the priest, priest was. is tapping, right? But you think that's just Kubrick fucking And he points at him. He points at, at, at Tom Cruise the exact same way that the priest points at him too. Does he? So it's like, is this or isn't it? But here's the other thing though. Uh, right before that, the, you know, you know, at the beginning of the ritual, Tom Cruise is being stared at by someone, right? He's being stared at from someone above. Above, yeah. Who yeah. is that? So that turns out that's not Sidney Pollack because that person is. I looked at this too much. That person is Sandor Savos, who dances with Nicole Kidman at the beginning at the party because he's way taller than everyone else. There's a second guy with the same mask who comes from behind Tom Cruise and gives him that prostitute, and she goes. Are you enjoying yourself? Mm-hmm. Right? And he's like, yes. Yeah, so do you want to go somewhere private? Uh, that's actually a different person because that person with the same mask is shorter than the guy with the first mask with the same mask. That's fucked up. How do you, how do you find time to do this yeah, shit? Yeah, I know. I know. This is called being single and not having a day job. That's really what it is. And uh, You're the Batman of, of cinema lore. Oh, it's, it's crazy. It's just because I'm looking for the hidden. And I'll tell you this. Uh, there's even more hidden stuff in there because the guy that comes in with that prostitute, it's a different prostitute than the one that walks up to Tom Cruise. You'll see it. it. It cuts away and cuts back. It's not the same person. They'll do that. They'll cut away and cut back and put a different person in the place Stanley of the person Kubrick that was there. is trying to fuck with everybody. He's he's messing with everybody. But wh- so is he trying to give a message or is he just trying to tell you waste your time fu- so I can fuck with you? No, he's trying to. He was trying to tell you something, but I think there's different layers of reality because there's also the dream aspect of the film. Like, was this a dream or was it not a dream? So a lot of times, because actually you'll find a production shot online. There's another thing. Sidney Pollack is behind another mask. He's behind, yeah, he's behind the mask of when the woman, Abigail Good with the big feathers, pulls him out and says, you got to get out of here. I don't know what you're doing. Um, uh, and then a man comes up in a Columbo mask, a Christopher Columbus mask, and goes, would you be so good as to excuse us for a moment? So there's a, there's a production shot with Sidney Pollack wearing that mask. So he could be any one of those three characters. He could be the priest. He could be, would you be so good as to excuse us for a moment? And he can be the one. Now, what does it matter which one he is? That's the big question. Yeah, because it, it's, it, I don't know. See, that's where the mystery is. It's like, he could be all three. He could be, it could be he's making a, Pollock is making a deeper statement of like, you'll never know because there's so many masks behind masks behind masks. So at the end of the day, I don't know. I really don't know. But I do know that it's possible that he's all three. Just like it's possible that, that Mandy is, is, is the woman behind the mask or not. What's the message behind the whole movie? I think there's a bunch. I think, yes, there's one that we're controlled by the elites, and yes, they do occult rituals. I think but that's, we know that. That's who who doesn't did, know that? In 1999, though, we didn't. So ah. Yeah, so that was before the internet came out. That was out. before Alex Jones. Before all that <laughs> stuff, actually. Yeah, so we didn't know that then. So that that that's why it flew over the head of everybody else. That's the first thing. And the second one is, I think, uh, you know, I, the the... Things are not as they seem, and to open your eyes and look for the depth of things, because on the surface, and that's, and that, I think we were just talking about before. Everybody looks at the surface of things, yeah. and on the surface of things, th- things seem to be so simple. You, but, and that's where context comes in. Kind yeah. of what you said. If you just look directly at that poster, you see a shoe. If you just look, step back a bit, you yeah. see it's a poster for Pulp Fiction. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that has meaning in and of itself. And you got to look at that. And then when was Pulp Fiction made, for example? Like, that's why, like, in cinema school, you're always like, Pulp Fiction, 1994. Because it's very important because you cannot separate a piece from the era that it's in. So, like, Eyes Wide Shut, 1999, what was going on? It's pre 9 11. It's pre internet. It's pre, you know, not internet, but pre this conspiracy yeah. stuff. So it's, it's very, you got to take it into the context and that Kubrick intended his films to be scrutinized. And so, and, and to be l- looked at like a, their, their fine wines, you know. But I mean, you will find find secondary storylines in a lot of movies that are very eye-opening like the matrix and the matrix is actually not the good story that we've all been told to believe uh and uh, blade runner for example is another one that has a very illuminist uh undertones to it as well um so blade runner blade runner oh yeah it's got two like what two sto- well i mean the, the whole thing is it's basically um uh it, it talks about it, it takes place in the futurized uh one world government uh dystopia and there's a lot of Rosicrucian uh, underpinnings, uh, uh, which is Rosicrucianism is a um, uh, an occult version of the Kabbalah. Well, Kabbalah is, is a cult, but it's a Christianized version of the Kabbalah. So at the end, you'll see the uh, uh, the robot guy with the blonde hair. He has a dove in his hand, and he's also pierced through his left hand. And he talks about the prodigal son, which is very much like Jesus, but he's sacrificing himself. A lot of stuff there. There's owls in there. There's owl symbology. What the owl? Uh, that now I know that if I see the owl, there's some kind of Masonic shit going on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. For sure. But see, the thing is that like a lot of these things, they're not intended for us. They're intended for other people. That's what their whole religion is based on hand gestures and symbols and things because they're communicating things to each other uh, in a way that we're not supposed to see because it's you know supposed to be secretive. Yeah. What I, what I want to know is I also heard that Stanley Kubrick faked the moon landing. Have you heard that? I've heard that. That he was part of... What do you think the purpose would have been behind that? I have no... Look, uh, I don't know. Was it faked or not? I know that there was a space race, so yeah. they wanted to be first, right? Yeah. So there's two reasons why you could fake the moon landing or why you would fake the moon landing. One is you don't want the Russians to win. Mm-hmm. So even though you couldn't make it at that time, you're like, fuck, we got to fake this, get these guys to back off, show them that we're better than them, right? right there's right, that one, right, right. the pride. And the other one is that uh, the conspiracy theory, which is there's some shit out there that you don't want us to know about. Okay, so that's where I'm going to step in. Okay, so that okay. so there's a huge thing in the conspiracy theory community that uh, I want to debunk, and I, I almost it sounds like I'm taking authority in saying this, but like I'm gonna stop and and I'm gonna give some I'm gonna give two reasons I'm gonna give logic and I'm gonna give something called origin science. So origin science. For those who know, obviously, you have operative science, which is you want to prove something, so you run a bunch of tests. Origin science is, let's look at the past, and we have to use logic, and we have to use science, but we have to use an analogy that's analogous today. It's called the law of uniformity. So there's a big thing in the conspiracy community that, oh, they're hiding technology from us. And if only we were given this technology back in the day, yada, yada, our lives would be so much better. I'm going to debunk that. Okay, well, one thing, before you even debunk it... I'll tell you one thing. Consumer technology is behind. That's true. Military is ahead of us by what, of course, 10 years? Like, of course. Of, um, I've heard more. But, yeah, but yes. So. But I'm gonna, um, But the fact that, like, they're, they, first of all, they want technology in our hands, and I'll, and I'll show you why. Look at this whole new political religion that has basically sprung up in the last two and a half years that we're, we were just talking about at the beginning with this whole political correct. This wouldn't have, this wasn't being spoken about three years ago. This is an explosion, and this is very much because of technology in our hands. 
uh, and it's just being blared out. Easy as communication. Easy. Like, and who's the communication really between? You know, it's it's really between this media that's not even being presented as the corporate media, which everyone's already skeptical about. It's being presented as like smaller pieces of media that people don't know who's you know where the chain ends. So it looks like it's independent. So, so. If let's say you and I are having this conversation, and let's say it is right here, right now in Montreal, uh, at next to where this highway is, but it's in 1285, let's say, and let's say the the Catholic Church is is the power of the world, except we're just in a forest, and there's no microphones here, and you and I are talking. We might have a little bonfire, and I have my house, which is you know about 10 minutes walk through the woods that way, and you're that way. Catholic Church hasn't arrived in North America yet. Um, you and I could talk about whatever we wanted. You and I could do whatever we wanted because they don't have control over us because they don't have the technology here. They need that technology, even ships or whatever, to get here to then impose their laws on us. We have far more freedom with the absence of technology. And so with technology, and they need it in our hands, gives only gives them more control. Because everything is recorded and tracked. Recorded. That's and, true. And people's thoughts are shaped. And if you want to see evidence of it, look at how fast. There's a whole new language of mansplaining and and all these acronyms. Lulls. Yeah, all this stuff. It's just it's just. And look at memes and how people like you know Netflix and chill becomes a thing overnight. And it's just like that's because well, of technology. language does evolve, right? And culture evolves with but it. But not at this rate. It's not. Never this, done but this that's rate. because technology evolves exponentially. Yeah. That's yeah. why. And look so, at uh, there's a quote I'll give you from Lenin in. 1905, he said that cinema will be the ultimate tool for "quote unquote" educating the Propaganda. masses. Propaganda, obviously, exactly. movies, but people know this. That's what I people mean. know it, but they don't know how it's being done. That they don't know that their reactions are exactly what the elites want. Ah. They don't know. They think they think. Oh, I'm seeing this this uh, Hollywood star get in trouble. Oh, he must not be elite. No, 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 no. What's your reaction through the Hegelian dialectic? You need to study Georg Hegel. Don't even study it. Look him up. So it's your reaction to it is what they want. Watch your reaction how do i react to this when bill cosby is accused of whatever john gomesh is whatever then i'm like oh and you, every, i know everyone reacts the same way which is oh the judicial system is corrupt and broke that's what they want people looking at they'll sacrifice what their happened own. With cosby i don't know but it, but basically the idea that he's an outsider of the illuminati is ridiculous they will sacrifice their own for this and he may he probably did that kind of stuff i don't know i think he did there's a lot of uh, in the beginning i thought he may have not right at the beginning because right. that's a little Farfetch, but there's so many women. Like there's come so on. many women, sure. So many different years. But I will they didn't tell know you, each other. Like, sure, sure. They, they, they and they all had the same story. Look, and that stuff goes on all the time. Yeah. Like, let's not make a joke about it. That's gone all the but like, you know, other people who are, you know, found not guilty or charges are completely dropped, people's reaction is the same, which is, oh, it's the judiciary system and we have to get rid of the entire thing. Yet XYZ. That's what you have to look at because they want you reacting that way. They want the people to want to overthrow the system that we've got. They want it to look so corrupt right now and they're doing a great job they want us to destroy our own it's the phoenix that's why the phoenix is on the dollar bill they want us to crash it so it can rise up as a one world government that's why if you're on the right wing or the left wing you're on the wing of a bird that is going to crash that's the point don't trust birds don't trust birds but that's the whole point so we have to watch our reaction and say wait a minute what are they trying to provoke me with? What are my preferences? And let me set that aside to watch how am I being provoked and how does that uh, link back to what they actually want 
And that's why it's a, it, it takes not intelligence, but humility to say, wait a minute, I know that I can be deceived, and I know that they have the power to do that. How am I being provoked in a way that may not go with my natural predilections or preferences, and how is that in line with what they want? And they want us to tear this whole thing down. That's what they want. They want that. And that's why you're getting all this corruption coming out, corruption coming out, and it's part of the plan. It's fucked up. Yeah, it's it's it is it is absolutely it's sick, it is sick. But uh, yeah. So you think Stanley Kubrick was killed? I think so. Yeah, I don't see that. I think that the, the nobody uh, mentioned anything in production that he was ill of any of any uh, thing. What did you like about the movie? Uh, I, I like visually how it looked. Um, I liked how it made me feel. It made me feel really creeped out during that uh, orgy scene, right? The, the mm-hmm. ominous. Uh, I like that. I also like the fact that. Um, he made you feel like you had to rewatch it. Yeah. Uh, he kept throwing little things out there, little looks, uh, little things in the background, right, mm-hmm. that were being seen. Um, there was something when he was going to a theater, there was a poster. Uh, in the back. He, that's what he does. He, he puts posters in the back. Yeah. He, he did so much in there that made me feel like, oh, this guy's trying to fucking tell me something. Yeah. So you feel like it's a conversation with you personally. You feel like he's mm-hmm. trying to converse with you through film. Uh, and I and I appreciate that. And right? it is through film, not just through the dialogue. It's through oh, the obviously film it's through the film itself. Yeah. That's what made him. And, and I had done some research on The Shining and the work he did there. Yeah. I didn't know how much effort he put into those scenes and what he wanted there to be seen. Right? Yeah. Like he purposely would frame shots in a specific way to fuck with the, the, the your perception. Right? Mm. You don't notice it until you rewatch the movie. And you're like, wait, that doesn't make sense. That that shouldn't be there. Yes. That's he right. knows it shouldn't That's be right. there. He knows. He's doing it on purpose. Yeah. He's just putting, he's making you think. Yeah. And he's giving you, he's telling you a story within the story. And he links uh, that room, by the way, 237 in, into, into Eyes Wide Shut. Really? Because you know when Tom Cruise is running from that bodyguard? Yeah. Uh, at the point where he passes a restaurant and hails, yells out for a taxi, the address is 237. See, I didn't notice yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't notice so, it either. Someone had to point it out. So he has little things it's like just, that. It's yeah. a movie within a movie. Movie within a movie. And I like that. It's like you're getting yeah. your money's worth. The same thing with certain video games. I feel like if you're going to pay $80 for a video game, yeah. it better be a fucking big, long, uh, story-driven, fun game. You know yeah. what I mean? Not something I'll get done in five hours. Exactly. Right? No. So, uh, no, no, I really appreciate it. Plus, I like the fact that he he believed in something. He believed that there was a lot of fuckery in the world going on, that the, the elites were doing something... Uh, trippy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was privy to it. He was given a lot of information. Uh, yeah, he's, he's somebody who has a lot of info. Yes, yeah. and he said, you know what? I can't give it to people directly. No. Uh, I'm going to amass little clues in different movies, and then this fucking movie is my masterpiece. It's all going to be out here. Now, the risk was that uh, apparently they killed him before he got to get it out, so we didn't even see the final cut. So who knows? Maybe a lot of stuff would have been explained mm-hmm. and what he wanted to tell people within that final cut that he would have made, right? Yeah. Um, that's I, did, what I did find some uh, some uh, dialogue uh, that, was, that cut? was cut. Yeah, from when she's telling the story from the dream, uh, she wakes up from the dream when he comes home from the orgy. Imagine it was we're down with the system. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was that that he she was dreaming of him as a Christ figure because uh, the, the the story that she's telling is very much like the garden story of Adam and Eve. She's like, we were in a garden and we were naked, but I was not ashamed. So it's right out of the Bible. Uh, yeah, it's right out of the Bible. And then like somebody came and like started making love to her right there, and she started laughing at him right, and then. So it's like, was she at the orgy or was she not? But also that the dialogue that was cut was that you were just there standing and you sacrificed yourself like a Christ figure. Yeah, so they... Wait, hold on. Nicole Kidman's character, Yeah, there's a chance that she was at the orgy? Yeah, she knows what's going on throughout the film. 
Really? Oh, oh, she saves him so many times. Oh, you didn't know? Yeah. So basically, she's the one, like, for example, when he's at Domino, the first prostitute's house, yeah. she is. Uh, she calls him right before they kiss, and it turns out that Domino had HIV. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and then there's other moments. like, And then when he goes back to that prostitute's house, to Domino's house, and he speaks with her roommate, you'll see there's a picture of an angel looking over his shoulder like that. Yeah. Uh, and then there's other moments where it's like, well, well, she's talking about like, you know, and I was fucking other men and crying from that dream. It's like, well, how did you know that if you weren't at the at the orgy itself? Right. And then when he speaks to so the, she did fuck other men is what you're saying. No, she was she was dreaming of it. But it's like, well, did her spirit go there or oh, how did like she, she was know? dreaming of the orgy he was part of? That's it. That's what's left to to to, to, to you don't know. But the point, uh, the other thing is that like when the prostitute, he asked the prostitute at the orgy uh abigail good's character he goes who are you and she goes you don't want to know and it's just the way she says it it's like yeah wait why do you say it like because if it were mandy from the party it it would be kind of like a mandy from the party get out of here like it, you kind of thing it, it could be easier it could have been nicole kidman well it, it's like it's up in the air because it, and it's also redhead they're all red all the girls characters are red including his daughter helena and the story of helena the greek story of helena is she sacrifices her life for her husband or is her her father one of those two so it, it's like well is it is it is like what is very muddy in that area so he's talking about that dream world but the occult really deals with the astral plane so that invocation of the astral plane is where they claim that our dreams come from and that's fucked up uh-huh yeah yeah god damn there's a, there's there could be a fucking podcast just on analyzing kubrick's movies there could there could yeah because he yeah he's he's a genius and uh and it's like a wine. It's a fine wine. It gets better with time. It really does. I feel like we haven't uncovered enough, though. I yeah. feel like we don't know enough about the context that he was in, that yeah. he was thinking. Yeah. Uh, well, he hated he hated America. He didn't want to stay in America any longer. Oh, really? He lived in the United States. He had very little to do with the United... Yeah. And that's where, where did he live? In, this, where did in England. Oh, he in, lived England. in England. Yeah. He got away from that system. He didn't like Hollywood films or the system anymore. Yeah, but longer. then he liked the fucking monarchy? I don't understand. No, I don't think he did at all. No, I think he lived in the country, and he just he knew what was going on, I think, and... And just didn't want to deal with it anymore. I think that's yeah. pretty fucked up. Yeah. Why, why do you say he liked the monarchy? I don't think no, because because you said he was like, like he was out of the U.S., so he he didn't like the U.S. Yeah. But I understand it's corrupt, elitist, this and that. Yeah, yeah. But then again, England isn't any better. No. Well, I mean, every the place same is. people control fucking England. Yeah, exactly. So every place is like that. But <clears throat> I think he didn't like the Hollywood system. He liked New York. I know that, but hated L.A. So I mean, that's a lot of people hate L.A. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's I don't why, like the yeah. traffic there. I I I don't understand a lot of people. They want to go there and make their living there. And I understand like if you're like there's a lot of homeless people there. Man. There's a lot of homeless. A people. A lot of people went to follow their dream. They did, and, and like I have so many friends that like I, I came from so many you know theater schools and and what have you. And I and I have a couple friends that made it. You know, it's and, tough. And, but they there. were brought here from there. They were brought there from that's here. That's different. If yeah. you, if you have a job already, you're gonna go do a different story. But if you're gonna go there and you think you're just gonna make it from one to the next, I'll, I'll give an, I'll give you a. You know, a little update. There's millions of you. Over millions there. of you. Yeah, and it's I call them dream chasers. Like I because it's like I, I say this. Like you wouldn't if you want to work at Google, you wouldn't rent an apartment next to the Google building hoping that someone's going to see you on their way in from lunch. Right. Yeah. You would just be great at wherever you are, and, and then, then apply, and, and, and then take yeah, their going, course. Yeah, takes takes their course. You don't just expect it to happen. No, you don't have to go to where the industry is, especially in this day and age with the computers and everything. With the computers and all that kind of thing. I like the computer. Wait, you think because you also do you not like technology? I, I can't. I can't fucking read you. <laughs> uh, I think they're a good tool, but I think they're uh, an awful weapon. That is true. I can't. Uh, I can't argue that. That's actually very accurate. Um, I've said numerous times before that my phone um, tracks everywhere I go. 
right? Yep. Like uh, if I go to my Google Maps, there's uh-huh. an option there to look at where you've been. And it knows where I went all day, how long I spent there. Really? Yeah, you didn't know that? I've heard of that. If you have Google, yeah, yeah it's, I didn't know it's, it's an option. Truth. It's there. They just don't make it too apparent. I you, don't you, have a smartphone. If you have a Google phone, mm-hmm. um, uh, any Android phone, really, if you have one of the Samsungs or I have the Pixel, uh, just go online and just say Google tracking, whatever. It'll tell you where to go on your on your profile to see right. it. And you get to see everywhere you've been, how long you were there. Imagine trying to commit a murder nowadays. You can't. They, no, you they'll, can't. They'll catch you. Um, Which is good, and a lot of people would say, "Oh, that's great." To then deceive them into, well, now, like, like, because a lot of people, somebody said this to me the other day, which is like, "Oh, like, uh, with this total state surveillance, people would be like, well, if you say nothing wrong, then you got nothing to worry about.'" Fuck that shit. Exactly. But it's like, okay, but what do they deem right and wrong now? Yeah, that's because everything change. changes. Like now, yeah. it, it, like I said, contextual, you could say the wrong words on stage. Yeah, people think it's wrong. Yeah, you won't get right? booked again. Yeah, you won't get booked. Yeah, you're or banned. you're banned, or you made people see, uncomfortable. But this thing, most like the top clubs, the, the best owners that I know, yeah. They don't fucking look at it like that. If, if they don't, if some audience member gets offended, uh, unless you fucked with the audience member directly. I mean, it's the audience member's fault, really. Yeah, I can't control you getting offended. No, it or is. Not. But I mean, you know, there's this younger generation coming up, and you know, are, are they going to be club owners? You know, oh we're, fuck, that's what I'm. That's what I think about down the line, and uh, or will they grow up? I I, do, I don't know. I don't, I don't think they will grow up because they they uh, they do have it easier now. And I mean, look, I see it one way, I see it the other. I understand that people say, oh, it's not that easy for kids now because they can't escape. So if they're being like shot on at school, mm-hmm. you could go home and still get bullied via the internet. That's true. Yep. 100% true. 100% I can't argue true. that. Yeah. And that does suck for those kids because they can never have peace, right? Mm-hmm. However, uh, same fucking coin, right? We won't flip it yet because on that on that front with technology and now everything's connected, we've also learned that most schools like to um, not discriminate even victory right mm. so everybody wins communism uh which is communism and yep. it's even worse than communism because i think I co- people used to have to work hard in communist countries now you could run a race come last place you'll get a ribbon and you're like yeah you participate in the race you're just as good as the winner uh i feel like then you don't have that drive because yeah. when i was young uh sports especially taught me that in order to win i have to persevere endure practice a bit more get better than the other people right yeah. and make it yeah whereas now if everybody thinks they're just gonna get shit handed to them that's why we have all these students that come out of university and just expect to get high paying jobs yeah expect people to respect them uh expect to buy a house to have all this money when that's not fucking reality man you got to work your way up yeah. you got to tough it out and there's going to be millions of people in certain domains that do the same shit you do, mm-hmm. all right? And you need to differentiate yourself and be better. You're not going to get a participation uh, ribbon no. at work. No, and it's I, I really like that because I like the, like, you know, I went through a lot of adversity in my life and, you know, I won't get into it, but, you know, some legit stuff. And, uh, and the fact that I had to work through that uh, makes me so much more grateful for what I've got. You know, I'm so grateful. Nothing came from privilege. Trust me, nothing came from privilege. It all came from analysis of Stanley Kubrick films. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, actually, I did go back to school when I thought I thought I was going to quit uh, uh, acting and comedy in my late 20s. Yeah, I was like, this is not going to happen. That so I went much, back to huh? film school. Yeah, I went back to film school at Concordia and got a film studies degree. So, um, yeah, like I, I almost threw in the towel. but And I was like, all right, well, maybe I'll direct films or whatever. And I was horrible at that. But... Uh, I, I'm not a good director either. I'm terrible. I'm, I'm, I became the director I hated, which is just say your line. Um, but uh, no, I look, the, the, the hard work and the perseverance builds the character. Like you want the hard audiences. You want the hard stuff because when you go and those cameras are on or, or that club owner is watching you or whoever and you nail it because you've got all that, that hard work that's gone under all that stuff, that's what makes it all worth it. 
I like that. Yeah. I, no, I love that. And because it's that expert, I, like, I had to shed off all the skin that didn't. I'm, a, I'm not the same person I was five years ago. You're not supposed to be. No, you're not supposed to be. And because like, it's the law of entropy. Like, people don't get it. The universe physically is dying. Are you, like literally, the stars are fading out. The power. Well, we're all dying, right? We're you're all born, dying. You're born, and then that's and it. That's it's the a, natural it's state of things. Like physical objects go towards entropy. It's the second law of thermodynamics. So if you're not constantly working on yourself, you're if you're not pushing that piano up the hill, it's rolling back. You don't stay stagnant. It's not going. It's not just staying still and blah blah blah. You don't push it up. It rolls back. So you have to have that. Just like you were saying, if I'm not nervous before I go on stage, it's not going to be good. Yeah. That's the whole point. There's not, it's not like a middle ground. It's you're one or the other. That's, that's the whole thing. And that's what society doesn't get today. Or, or they're being trained to get away from of like, oh, that's all, you know, capitalist and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Capitalist. Yeah. There's a lot of corruption. I get it. I understand. But still it promotes working on yourself, working hard, giving value. Not saying that there's not going to be bad people who are going to come in and corrupt it. Of course, you know, the problem are. is that the bad people are in charge. Of course, but we still have a lot more freedom that we are aware of, and we have a heck of a lot more freedom than the alternative. Which is, oh yeah, yeah, than the like communism. Forget it. Communism is like, oh, you've worked hard your whole life, you've done a thousand you. sets. Yeah, well, here's an open micer, and uh, we're going to put him on because we don't charge anymore. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what it's going to be. Oh, oh, you've suffered through the like, hecklers and you learn how to handle them. Great, but uh, tonight's going to be all open micers because uh, that's what's fair. I don't think stand up exists in communism. I don't think the two go together because inherently, real stand up, right? You're talking about something and you're normally talking shit about the establishment. So I don't think yeah. that'll, that'll fit into communism. Well, somebody said this. Somebody said this the other day because like he's like, man, I'm watching all this free speech being taken away from, from comics. And it's like the court jester has to be able to make fun of the king. If the court jester can't make fun of the king anymore, then what's, what's, what's happening? I, I've said this a million times and I'm going to have to say it again right now. If you don't like something, yeah, you don't have to watch it. Like let's no. say my podcast, I've said it, cer- certain episodes infuriate people they don't like it right good let's say this episode people get mad they're like yo why is jeffrey applebaum spending time talking about conspiracy theories why he's talking about the illuminati like fuck you people Mm -hmm. okay that's fine don't listen yeah don't listen to any podcast he's on don't listen to any podcast uh i don't know the next podcast that i have as as a kind of a you know way to boycott me you know Mm -hmm. what i mean that's your right just don't listen yeah you don't have to be part of it you You don't have to bully other people and then what they do a lot of times they'll bully they'll be like oh look at what this person said yeah exactly let's start a movement let's start a facebook page or whatever that is that's bullying and that's what they claim quote unquote to be against i've seen it i see all the time that they say um they're against bullying but they just bully people online my first encounter with that was i'll never forget it was october of 2015 so about 16 months ago, walking down the street with a buddy of mine on St. Catherine Street, and uh, I'm having a private conversation with a buddy of mine. Walking? Yeah, walking down the street, and a girl, you know those those people that, uh, you know, they, they want you to sign up to whatever it is, uh, you know, uh, UNICEF or Doctors Web, whatever it is on the street, and they're trying to get your uh, membership. So this girl comes up to us and, like, interrupts our conversation. It's like, would you like to um, just sign your name to this whatever cause? And I was, I was just like, yeah, no, sorry, we're in the middle of something. And then as we walk by her, she yells, it's about bullying. What? Yeah. And I'm like, you're, it was almost like, do you get the double think, the Orwellian double think that you just did? You just forced yourself into our conversation to force your point. And it's this whole logical fallacy. Again, we're talking about logic. The whole logical fallacy of two wrongs make a right. 
two wrongs don't make a right. You don't get to bully me into your non-bullying thing. But what did she want exactly? It was some sort of sign up to a membership thing to say like I stand with against bullying. I don't want to sign up for shit. Why do people make you want to sign up for stuff? No, I don't exactly. want to be part I don't of know what it was. I don't even know what it was. I was in the middle of a deep conversation, but all I remember is, is is that she tried to bully her way into getting me to sign this non-bullying thing. She's like, I don't want your money. I spot non-bully. It's like, but the thing moron. is, I don't know what this is. Like, what do you, why do you want me to put my name on something? I understand. Like, how do I know what this is about? No, you're exactly. saying not. How are you stopping bullying with yeah. my signature? And they're all corrupt. I used to raise funds for a couple of those organizations. No, but I understand that, what know. they're gonna be like. Oh, look at this guy's autograph. Uh, I, I'm gonna stop bullying. Oh, I kid. don't even know what it was. It was probably something that they would twist into Fuck some like, anti-free speech thing. That's yeah, probably yeah, what. Because it, it always has to start with like it's like the ice cream on top of a pile of crap. Like it, it has to start with something nice, otherwise people wouldn't be involved. People are all like, "Oh, I'm all for equality," and who isn't really? Yeah, a lot of like, who's not. But then, like the further you go into it, it's like, "Oh, you can't use certain pronouns now." Like, no, no, no. Now you're going too far. Thing. It's like you're going. It's point zero three percent of the population. No, but what the, right now the argument is people are getting offended if you don't use the right pronoun. Yeah. But how am I supposed to guess? Do, do you know? Do you know right. what I mean? Like. Um, I could understand if you tell me, hey, listen, I identify as a, as a her, mm-hmm. as a it, as a giraffe, whatever you want. Yeah. Please refer to this, right? And then, you know, I'll make an effort to be like, all right, whatever, that's what you refer to yourself as, yeah. that's fine. But if you expect me to just know, right? right? Like if you're a man and you're dressed as a woman, yeah. But I can see you're a man, you have a beard. Yeah. And I'm like, excuse me, sir. Yeah. And you tell me I prefer to be called ma'am. Yeah. It's like, well, that's fine. But you can't be mad at me calling you sir at first because I don't fucking know that. You, you have a beard, right. dude. Like what do you want me to tell you? But obviously, like if you if if your sense of feeling good depends on someone else's languaging of your yeah, existence, but that you can't control. That's people's psyche. No, like, I know. But what I'm saying is like you need to relook your philosophy on life, right? Because like feminism, if we're gonna like just call a word, is about empowerment. And so if you're truly empowered, you don't need people to change the way they are because you are empowered. You don't. I don't need you to look at me or talk to me in a certain way right now in this conversation for me to know who I am. I know who I am because I'm not defined by my outside uh, whatever. And they'll say, oh, but we're oppressed. I'm like, well, maybe maybe you need to really look at that because I think every group has an argument for being oppressed. We're all oppressed in our own ways that you're not aware of. So, uh, sorry, like my, our people individually have been oppressed. And I'm not running around kicking German people in the face and saying, oh, you were, you were, you're, you're German, therefore your lineage goes back to the Nazis. Ah, uh, yes, the Nazis. Yeah, exactly. You see what I'm saying? Like, I don't, like, that's the same argument. It's like, no, 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 like, like I'm empowered for my own reasons that are different, but I don't depend on other people. You know, if you're going to actively take away my rights, then that's one thing. But if you view my languaging as taking your rights away, I'm sorry, that that's where you're, oh, that's that, insane. there's a line, there's a line. There, oh, no. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm, I'm against this whole pronoun war. Yeah, like can't doesn't that mean that I could go around telling people uh, I prefer uh, my pronoun is His Royal Highness? That's, right, that's exactly. Who I am. Yeah, exactly. But they'll say, "Oh, that's uh, you're making fun of us." I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I, no, no, I, I feel uh, like I'm royalty. Yeah. So no, exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. And here's the thing. Here's the contradiction. And here's the contradiction. They will say we can't mansplain something, but they will accept someone to say, even though I don't have the, the like as a man, I can call myself a woman. Okay, well, why? Well, because you you have the experience of being a woman. Oh, I do? Okay. So I've given birth or I've walked the streets in fear of being raped? No. So how could I know what that is? But yet you'll say, as the feminist, I can't mansplain something because I don't have your experience, but I can identify myself as you're based on, I don't know what it's like to walk the street and being feared of being raped. I imagine it's terrifying. I would imagine it's terrifying, so I would never degrade a woman by saying that. that or or the, the process of childbirth. I don't know what that is. I can't know what that is. I have too much respect for women to to assume that and i'm not i'm not anti what do you think is more painful childbirth or getting kicked in the nuts 
Uh, I think childbirth because I've heard the only thing as painful as that is passing a kidney stone. So Interesting. I, yeah, but getting kicked in the ball. But see, I'm not. Anti- you know what the difference is? Is somebody gets kicked in the balls, he's never gonna be like, "Yo, let's have another one." Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. But so, see, I'm not anti any of these things. I'm saying, look at the logical fallacies of what you're saying. You're saying that I can't have free speech to, uh, to pers- you know, to make an argument for or against what you're saying because I'm a man, but yet you'll let a man call himself a woman. Uh, honestly, all jokes aside, you know what yeah. it is? It's people don't understand how to properly speak to each other anymore. Yeah. Um, everybody just wants to be quick on the trigger to get offended, get mad at shit. Okay. Yeah. And they don't understand that they're just using words. So sexism, racism, they're just trigger words now. Mm-hmm. They're just, oh, I assume uh, he doesn't understand me as a woman. He must be a sexist. Right. Which could literally be the furthest fucking thing from the truth. You don't know the person. Yeah. You, you, know what I mean? you don't you know. know. What I mean? You don't know the person's um, heart. Like me personally, I talk shit about everything I feel I should talk shit about. Okay. Right. I never think before I say something about, oh, fuck, are they going to think this is racist? Are they going to think no, this is No, that's what I really respect about you. It's, it's, that you're, you're it's not my intention. Cut. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of times it has come like, oh, uh, it's a little sexist. Uh, you know, maybe your views or whatever. That's preposterous. Because number one, I grew up uh, with uh, mom and three sisters, right? Mm-hmm. It's all women. That's all I know, right? The coolest people I, I know are women. Mm-hmm. I have no issues with, uh, like the toughest person I knew and the best worker, all that was always my mom. Mm-hmm. So I have no issues of uh, equality or can women do things that men can. That's completely horseshit to me. Yeah. All right. Uh, my mom did better than uh, any single dad would have been able to do. You right. know what I mean? I know that. She's, she's a fucking beast. Uh, so you don't need to, to yeah. be preachy with me. I know yeah. the truth. You know, I know that you could do whatever the fuck you want. But I also know that in a boxing ring, you know, I'm not going to put Mike Tyson against any fucking woman. She's going to take a beating, all yeah. right, whether she likes it or not. That's just the way it is. Genetically, the man's going to be bigger. Mike Tyson's going to beat the shit out of her, all right? That's the truth. It's not sexist. It's the fucking it's truth. It's reality. And if a woman does something stupid and I talk shit about that woman, you can't tell me I'm sexist for talking shit about her. Just like you don't, you never tell me I'm sexist mm-hmm. for talking shit about a guy. Yeah. You know, like, oh, he's talking shit about that guy. Maybe he doesn't like men. He prefers... It's not true. I'll talk shit about everybody. If you do something stupid, yeah. I'm going to make fun of you. That's how it is. Yeah. And I don't care. Same thing with religion. Oh, he's an Islamophobe. Mm-hmm. I've heard that before, that I'm right. Islamophobic. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I laughed it off because I'm stupid phobic. That's all I am is mm-hmm. I'll make fun of anything that's dumb. So if I'm making fun of a particular Muslim because he did something ridiculous... Mm-hmm. Just happens he was a Muslim. Yep. If a Christian did the same thing, I would have made fun of the Christian. In fact, it's it's racist of the person to uh, to say, "Oh, you're like." For example, uh, I was uh, I was at a comedy club and I was doing a, a set with a, a feminist comic, and a girl, a particular girl, kind of made it clear to me that she wanted to go home with me, and yeah. I and I didn't, yeah, and I didn't, I didn't want to for my own reasons, and uh, yeah, <laughs> the HPVs. Um, but yeah, no, uh, and then the 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 feminist community goes, "Oh, you didn't want to go home with her because she was fat." How the fuck? Do, first of all, you might like fat chicks. Yeah, she first, I, which I I like curvy girls. Number one. There I, we go. And then I realized, like, I actually answered a question. Go, no, that's actually not why. But then I realized, like, what I should have done, which I should have been like, <gasps> why did you call her fat? Oh, just fuck with just, her. Just just take what the accusation yeah. is and twist it. Like, on that's the, not a fat. How girl. dare you? That's fat shaming. What? And then just throw my hands up and go. It's 2016. I just can't. I just can't. It's and just say 2016. Don't say 2017. It's 2016. I just can't. I just can't. And do what oh, they God. say. I can't even. Can't eat. And then walk away. And then like when people are like, "What's the problem?" Like I just can't. No, I no. Just, but here, here's the thing that bothers me about that. Yeah. That statement. It's you didn't go home with. Maybe you don't like fat chicks. You're not sexually attracted to her. You're gonna force me to fuck somebody. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, fuck. exactly. What are you crazy? There's no logic. That's right. There's nothing. There's no logic I'm, behind that. Yeah. Fuck you. No, yeah. I don't want to fuck her. Yeah. 
It could be. I don't care what reason it is. Yeah. If you don't like a chick because she's Greek, right? You just don't like because of that. It just doesn't get. I don't. I'm Greek, but if that's not what you like, you just can't handle it. it, it what? It the, had how am I? I like curvy girls, so it know? has nothing to do no, with no, that. No, but I'm just saying. Yeah. It's, it's at your discretion. Yeah. You could fuck whoever you want. That's the same thing, like saying, "Oh, that guy wants to suck your dick. Oh, you're homophobic. You won't let him suck your dick." Yeah, exactly. It's like no, I'm not attracted to guys. It has yeah, nothing to do sorry. with it. Like, yeah, it's, it's nothing to do with that. It no. has nothing to do with that. I'm not gonna stop him from blowing another dude. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you this story. I was talking to somebody who's just ultra feminist, ultra PC, and uh, and I was uh, an actor, and I were saying we had a teacher who would make advances on students when we were in CJEP. Sexy. Yeah, and exactly, and and then he uh, and then she's like. Like, he would invite us over. Like, he was known as, like, a creepy, Oh, that's creepy, hilarious. Yeah, creepy, creepy guy. And he's had a, a whole bunch of students over at his house. Ah, and the we, orgies. He's basically like, uh, like uh, from Family Guy there, Herbert. Where, you know, hey, oh, the old guy? So, uh, so Chris. Like, basically that. So, like, so, and was, we were all creeped out because we just wanted to learn from him because he's a good teacher. But then he would, you know, make these advances. He that wanted were, you guys to learn how to take a dick. Uh, it was it was gross. And, and so, basically, she... Who had just been talking about how like you know women are are not protected and da da da, and when we told the story, she goes, yeah yeah, but you're guys. What like, does that mean? We, it's like oh, uh, you you should be able to be uh, you know uh, turn him down no problem. I'm like wait a minute, so you're saying that because he's gay or because we're guys, it's okay to be sexually harassed or to be to be put in that uncomfortable position? She, she's just a guys. stupid fucking person. It's just it's, it's just she's ridiculous. Just, yeah, she's and just she was dumb. the one right before like, going. Oh, I can never forgive Mel Gibson for what he said about the Jews. I'm like, what I are am, you talking about? Yeah, I'm like, I am Jewish and I do forgive him because he asked for forgiveness because I'm not better than everybody else and I've made mistakes too. She's like, what did oh, he say about the Jews again? I can't remember what he said. It was when he got a was it really ago. bad? And he was drunk. I d- and he was drunk. But look, everybody makes mistakes. We're human. We're not supposed to be perfect. And he asked for forgiveness. Did he call them cheap? I he called them something. And it was it was he doesn't like the Jews. Like it's clear. But look, he he asked for forgiveness. And that's what's important. And and look, whether you believe him or not, I don't care. I don't care if you believe the guy or not. I believe in forgiveness because you know what? I make a lot of mistakes and I ask for forgiveness quite a bit from people. And and that and I will constantly do that as long as I live because I'm not Perfect, and yeah, I, don't I make respect mistakes. people. Yeah, I know you've made at least two in your life. Yeah. At least two. At least, at least. Starting, all kinds. Yeah, yeah. You, the shirt is not great. The shirt is not great. Not but, great. You know, I, but I won't apologize for the shirt. I will not apologize good, for the shirt. Good, and I because I'm comfortable yeah, in it. Exactly. Yeah. But no, I'll uh, same thing. I've been wrong, and I'm like, hey, you know what, man? I'm fucking sorry. I didn't see it that way. I fucked up. I'll yeah. admit it if I'm wrong. I'm not right. going to start a shitstorm. No. It's my right to be wrong. Yeah. No, man. If I've, you know, I'll admit when I'm wrong. But if you're looking to get offended, get the fuck out of here. You're not going to get mercy for me. They don't get that they have the rose colored glasses. Yeah. They won't admit that they have the rose colored glasses on that they are looking to get offended. It's the looking first. Yeah. Why don't you apologize? Why don't you suck a dick? How about that? I'm not going to apologize for something that I didn't do wrong. Yeah. Remember, um, remember uh, Daniel Tosh? I know the name. Uh, he has a show, Tosh.0. He's a very funny okay. comedian. Okay. Um, he uh, he makes me look tame. Like he'll push it to the yeah. yeah. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, he'll push it to the limit. Like he had this uh, he had this uh, this joke about his sister. Uh, I'm gonna say because it it's on his special, right? It's not. It's a known joke. And I was talking about how he plays pranks with his sister. Nice. And he goes, and uh, I played the best prank on her last week. He goes, so what I did is I went in her purse and I replaced her pepper spray with silly string. <laughs> it was so funny. She got raped that night. He goes, and oh, then wow. the next day she came to me. She's like, Daniel, you are so bad. You got me so good. You know, so he has this whole joke about that. And uh, uh, he, he doesn't cut any corners, right? He's like, right. I'm going to be offensive. I made a rape joke, this and that. There was a woman in the audience. He was testing jokes one night in L.A. And she uh, basically, she was talking about how you can make fun of anything. And she said, you can't make fun of rape. No rape jokes, right? Right. So he took offense to that, I guess. Yeah. And he's like, uh, sure I can. He goes, like, wouldn't it be funny if just, like, 
a couple of guys came in here and fucking raped you. Whoa. You know, he, yeah. And she's like, "What the fuck?" He's like, "Yeah, that's what would be funny for me." He's like, "Because he just got mad that she basically made that uh, that assumption like you can't joke about this, you can't joke. Who the fuck are you basically to tell right. him what he could joke about?" So what she did is she went. I guess she was a blogger. Went and blogged about how he joked about her getting raped, and he um, basically pushed for her to get raped, something like that. Like Ooh. she really made herself a super victim. Okay. And nothing about the fact that she had heckled him right before, right? None, none nothing about the fact that she interrupted a live show, right? right? And then uh, with her opinions, but then his opinions were, yeah, you should get raped. Uh, which obviously he even said it later. He's like, obviously I don't want this broad to get raped, right. right? It's not. I said it because that's what bothered her, right. right? I said it to piss her off purposely because she interrupted the show. But he was forced to apologize. He had to apologize, right, publicly because there was so much backlash. They were going against Comedy Central because there's a show there and all that stuff. Oh, uh, he, okay. He's for rape, and they oh they took it out of context. Right. They just took what he said, not why he said it, what happened with her before, right. and just said, oh, he, he likes rape, he thinks rape is funny, this and that, which right. he's made rape jokes before, like about his sister, this and that, but he's not. he didn't want that woman to get raped, doesn't give a fuck about her to that level yeah. to want her to get raped. It's just he was angry. You know, yeah. you say shit in anger. Yeah. And uh, he was forced to apologize publicly wow. for uh, what he said on stage. Well, I think like Bill Burr talked about like how, how like I'm just building up the straw man. I don't agree with what I'm saying. I'm just building up the straw man. You know, and, and a, lot, a lot of people don't know the straw man is a false argument. It's, it's a false, like literally is a false argument. So like a lot of people don't know that like comedians were not. Um, yeah, sometimes I do hold a political position on stage that I'm not for, but it's fucking hilarious. Exactly. And just to get a reaction. Exactly. Yeah. And, and a lot of people think, oh, there's this impression. They're like, oh, I have a mic in my hand. I'm just speaking my mind. It's not. It's not. It's fake. But yeah. But it's it, fake. It, it's not just that. It's also words, right? It, words trigger people. Because mm-hmm. he told her, you know, if she said you can't, uh, if he, you can't joke about bestiality, he would have said, wouldn't it be funny if a rhinoceros comes here and fucks you? Or you fuck a... That's what he would have said, right? Right. Because it had nothing to do with him wanting to her get raped. It had to do with him wanting her to shut the fuck up. And mm. since she interrupted the show, and she already interrupted by telling him what bothers her, right. he used that against her. It's like if somebody tells you, go fuck yourself, right? Mm-hmm. They're not telling you to grab an instrument and shove it up your ass and go fuck yourself, right? right. It's just a way of telling, get the fuck out of here. And there's ways right? there's ways of communicating that. Like if, if an audience member is uncomfortable with something, it doesn't mean you yell it out. It means... You, like, look, I'm not, I, you can go up to that comedian after and communicate in a way, not like I demand you say you're sorry, no. but like in a way of like, I just want you to know, and you can do whatever you want. But when you're saying this, like, for example, let's just say like I was a victim of X, Y, Z. Yeah. And this is the impact that what you said actually had on me. And if you say it in a way that you're, you realize that the comedian doesn't agree with that, you might open up that comedian's mind to going, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize Yeah, that. I should reword it. I so should, re- oh yeah, I should like realize that what I'm doing. But if you yell something, anything, that happened anyone's to me on, face, a t- on a tag. You know my Milton in prison joke? Right. I used to have a tag for that. And somebody told me that uh, it comes off a bit as homophobic and it makes... Uh, gay people feel inferior. Like I, I made it sound like there's something wrong with with people being gay. Okay, I've never and heard you. I've never the tag. Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah, play yeah, the no, tag later. Yeah, it, but like no, I've ne- like I that joke I've heard a million times. I've never found the defensive. Yeah, it's not. But that's the thing. It's it's, it's has it's, nothing. It's to not do, anti it's, or for no, anything. No, no, it's all about him not realizing that he just wants to suck dicks. That's the thing. It has nothing to do with. Has no, there's uh, yeah. neut- you're neutral on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the tag on it, which was not homophobic, it seemed to certain people that it felt so. When they open my eyes, I go, you know what? It's not at all my intention. Mm. I'm uh, I'm fucking shocked that that's how you see it. But it's not super necessary to the joke. The joke works without the tag. 
And I had stopped saying that tag. I never put that tag anymore uh, at the end of that joke because it doesn't need it. And I don't want to take the chance yeah. where somebody who would otherwise enjoy the joke right. feel like I'm talking shit about them. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, I took it out. And it's, a gr- it's still a fucking amazing it's a great joke. great joke. But they told me that and it changed my mind just because the way they said it. It wasn't like, fuck you, you're homophobic. Right. Was, hey, just so you know, this and this is how I interpreted it and I felt bad. And right. I was like, holy shit. You know what? I don't see it like that. Yeah. But because of what you told me, it's super reasonable. I see how you can see it that way, yeah. even though it's not my intention. So I'm going to Because they're supporting you. They're like yeah, saying, like, exactly. I don't want you to get in trouble. Exactly. Yeah. And, I, and not just trouble because, you know me, I don't give a fuck about getting in trouble about right. things I said. I, I do care about if I unintentionally made somebody feel shitty about themselves, right? Mm -hmm. I want them to feel good when they come to shows. Yeah. And and if something I said that wasn't political, like if you have a different political argument, fuck you, get offended. You you know what I mean? That's just par for the course, right? Right. That's what's going to happen. Right. Um, But not to feel like I'm belittling you. No, I don't don't want that shit. So it opened up my eyes. I just don't use that tag. And it was reasonable. It came from a place of reason. But if you come up to me and tell me you're homophobic, fuck you, this and that, no, I'm not going to make an adjustment for you. No. You go fuck yourself. Yeah, because they're being the bully. Yeah, you're they being... Don't, they don't get don't the two wrongs me. don't make a right. Yeah, I don't, I'm not yeah. the kind of person that will fold by getting bullied. Right, exactly. But I am Greek, so if you have a logical argument, you can make me fold. But if you're coming but with see, me... See, this is what's beautiful about Greeks, because I... like, And I'm going to say this about Greeks, quote-unquote, because my, uh, my landlord and I have a very close relationship. He's a Greek man, very smart man. Uh, makes a lot of money because he's good at what he does. Fucking Greek. He's the best. Yeah, he's the best. And look, I study Greek philosophy because you guys uh, discovered, not invented, discovered the laws of logic, which are immutable, unchangeable, and they're non-physical. Yeah. They came from God. That's the mind of God. That's literally the mind of God is reasoning. It is. It's, it's, yeah. You come to me with a logical argument. Yeah. I, I want to debate. I love that, right? This I love- stuff was taken out of school. They don't teach... Uh, I had to teach myself... Uh, Aristotle, Plato, and all these kinds of things, logical fallacies, uh, syllogisms, deduction, induction. I had to learn all that in the last six months. Uh, this is not taught in schools. And this is why people are falling for these media stories, thinking it's real or yeah. it's fake or did it, did it, or did it, did it, because they're not seeing the logical fallacies in all of it. The, the black and white is what bothers me now because people, you know what I see? I see two people arguing about mm-hmm. who's right and who's wrong. Yeah. And they're both wrong. You yeah. ever seen that? Yeah, yeah. Two arguments about yeah. who's right, but yeah. both are wrong. Yeah. You know why? Because they're not arguing the right thing. And here's they're the thing. They're not discussing the semantics of that topic. Right. They're not trying to find a logical reason behind it. They just want to prove that they're right. Yeah. That's not how you argue. When has anybody on you Facebook debate. said, you know what? You're right and I'm wrong. Because it's not how you debate. No. How you're supposed to debate, Greek style, right? Yeah. You're supposed to put, okay, look, this, this, and this. This is what I see. This is what's happening. This is why I view it like this. Yeah. And then you come and go, oh, fuck, you think it's like this? No, actually, what you saw here is because you didn't see this. And this yeah. is happening, and then you're like, "Oh fuck, really? What about this?" And that's how you—that's how discussion the pursuit, evolves. Here, here's what happens, and, and, and let me let me add on to that because the pursuit of the Greek uh, dialectic is truth. Mm. This society has been trained to believe that truth doesn't actually exist. It's almost a bad word. Oh yeah, it's a uh, uh, you find your own truth. You find your own. Okay. That's the stupidest. So let's thing. apply some logic to that. Okay, there is no truth, and this is what I, I have to because if it were my opinion, but this is not my opinion because my opinion is let's all have our own truths and just get along. This here's the logic behind. I don't their, like you having your own truth. I agree with getting along, but if you know what I'm saying, the truth no, 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 yeah, yeah. should be fucking true. No, truth is true, and here's why. There, let's take the statement. There is no truth. Is that true? Yes. Then you've just debunked the entire statement. Number yeah. one. Okay. And if it's false, then that means there's truth. It's like it's, and if truth. And here's the thing. People operate under 
ob- objective moral truth. They just tell themselves there's no objective yeah. truth. And here's why. If there is no objective truth, well, then you have no right to get mad at anyone for anything. Because the best you can say to stay consistent with that statement is, that's just reality to them. So anytime Trump yeah. says something, you have to say, that's just reality to him. Anytime the Nazis do something, you have to be like, that's just reality. It doesn't exist. No, that's fucking it's crazy. It's something you heard at school or in a book that sounds nice. It's not true. So when we're arguing online, we're, we're just saying, oh, I have... They're just emotions. I want to be right. Right. I want to be right. They're never interested in truth. So they think it's a bad word. They think truth is wrong. They think morals are wrong. By the way, debunking their entire argument that there is no right and there is no wrong. Blah, blah, blah. Humanism is, is based in that, that there is no objective truth. And uh, and then boom. So there you go. There mm-hmm. are objective truths. The laws of chemistry, the laws of physics, the laws of mathematics, the laws of logic. And unfortunately, for a lot of people who don't want to believe this, there are eternal moral laws. If, if there weren't, we wouldn't find that murder is wrong or that stealing is wrong or that rape is wrong just because certain societies do it doesn't make it okay it means that they are doing it because they know it to be wrong usually in like ritualistic type scenarios so best example I can give you Um, so we know that the two sides of every war right so Mm -hmm. every side thinks they're the right ones right okay so hypothetical right now we're talking about um, Germany okay Uh, the time of World War II yeah and they're uh, led by the Nazis okay and they're going to go ahead and fight Poland. They want to annex Poland, and they see it as this should be ours. That's our land. We're going to take care of it. Don't worry. We're annexing it. Yeah. We're the right. We're the rulers. We need to take it. In their eyes, they're, they're right. They go into Poland. Poland's like, fuck you, man. This is my country. Mm-hmm. Okay? They're going to fight. We only have horses, right? So we're going to fight your tanks with horses, which yeah. is ridiculous. Uh, they're going to end up losing, obviously, but they fight the good fight. They kill a lot of uh, Nazis. Mm-hmm. Now, the Nazis, the Germans at the time... Uh, they're really upset. They're like, look at these savages, right? They're bad people, the Poles. They murdered our soldiers. They were coming down from the mountains. They did this, this, and this. So they both have their own version of mm-hmm. who's right and wrong, right? But objectively, objectively, mm-hmm. you can see that the person who was not an aggressor, mm-hmm. who basically got invaded, all right? Yeah. Objectively, that's the right. That's the right. That's the truth yeah. is that they're victims. That's yeah. the truth. So no matter how the Nazis want to spin it, yeah. of, well, they're just living on our land, or we should have had it, we're the better race, or whatever. Yeah. Objectively, you cannot allow yourself to accept a truth like, oh, well, that's their truth. We need to support them in exactly. that. Exactly. You cannot allow yourself to no. think objectively, they're fucking wrong. What do you want me to tell it, you? It, their yeah. argument is that it's not like the, the Polish people were shooting bombs at them, attacking them from a distance, and like, no. you know what, let's go in there and end this shit. It's the complete opposite. They walked in there and said, we're annexing this, we're taking it over. You you have to understand that there's an objective truth out there, yeah. right? And you have to live with it because no matter what you believe, the objective truth is true. Whether you don't want to believe that they killed Jews or not, they did. They, they killed them. Yep. So if you choose, I just choose not to believe it. Well, whether you choose to believe it or not, that's the fucking reality. Yep. So if it was happening today, best example I could give you now if it's happening, if you choose to look the other way and be like, nah, to me, uh, we're not being rounded up. Let's say right now you know, we're being rounded up or whatever. No, it's not happening. It happened to your neighbor. No, no, it's not real. It's not going to change the fact that you could get rounded up because that's the reality you live in, right? Yeah. Just because you choose to look the other way. Yeah. Right? Reality is reality. Yeah. Truth is truth. Yeah. That's very much in this new age movement plays into that. It's like, oh, you just create the reality you want in your mind. No, no, I'll tell you what you create. And you can create a certain reality. You can create success for yourself. You can visualize success. You can get really good at what what you love, okay? You can move forward and be successful in that. And that's how you create your reality. But you cannot create a reality for other people. You cannot 
from one year to the next impose that impose that no. you know what the world is super fair as of tomorrow yeah. there's no sexism there's no racism yeah. there's none of that stuff all right and that's just how it is I'm no not, i'm not any different than you we are the exact same so no. don't refer no, no. Not sorry true. no not fucking it is true. what it is the truth is there yeah. is sexism there is racism out there yeah. and the only way things are going to get better is if you acknowledge that that's the truth yeah. right that's and you need to fight to change that right not just your mind is going to fucking change it no all right it's not, not just i've never been the victim of racism so racism can't be real right you're not the center of the world you're not god it's yeah. this whole idea that oh i'm god and you know whatever i say is like whatever. me before what i was saying about the wages right people uh, have fucked up wages women are getting paid less or whatever in my experience they've been getting paid more or the same i haven't seen the inequality doesn't right. mean that there's no inequality happening it right. does not mean that and just at because all. you experienced and didn't see it doesn't mean it's not happening exactly but, but it doesn't mean that because you're a man that there there does not exist objective uh, research methods to determine it, X, Y, exactly. Z. It doesn't mean that I can't see it if it was there. Right. Right. I'm just saying that in my experience, it wasn't. And and I'm 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 right. not a dick enough. I'm reasonable enough to tell you in my experience. Yeah. I'm not saying well globally there's no problem because for me it never in happened. In my experience, no. Blah blah blah. Just in my experience in yeah. my world it hasn't. So I'm really hopeful of the future because the way it seems to be going is that that's not going to be an issue. Right. Right. And unfortunately, like this whole moral, well, it's called moral relativism, the idea that there is no truth. Uh, moral relativism is actually, as we've seen now, and we just demonstrated in this conversation, it's permissiveness to chaos. Because you're not allowed to get mad, you can't question anything anymore. So, so because the Greeks were passionate about getting to the truth, they, they, they devised systems upon which, and I know the word the West is so bad nowadays, I'm sorry, but because of the Greeks and you the mess of the West. Yeah, oh, the West and the patriarchy. No, but it's because of the West and because of the family being the nuclear unit of the West is the beginning as to why we have and have had so much peace in our part of the world. I know a lot of people say, yeah, but you invaded, and I understand that. I'm not saying that just because certain people didn't live up to the standard doesn't mean that there is a standard. Just because there is a law, I can still break it. It doesn't negate the law. Western civilization has given us our freedoms where we can walk the streets, and I don't have to worry about bombs going off and this kind of thing. We are eroding that. Obviously. We are being trained to think everything West is bad just because certain elites have purposefully eroded that it doesn't mean that us the regular people have to you don't every, people throw the baby out with the bathwater. so when you see someone like uh um mel gibson say you know sugar tits people see that and they throw the baby out with the bathwater. there's like a, all men are pigs. all men are exactly so people think that way all so you know the catholic church does something oh all christians are bad like it, that's the same thing it's not that you you gotta think logically and so that's what i'm talking about so it's this permissiveness to chaos no you gotta go for the truth whether you like it or not i when i encounter the truth a lot of times i didn't like it and it was like a shift in my reality that was almost traumatic and then only ended up being for the good in my life because i admit it to myself on several occasions the way you're living jeff is wrong because it's giving you these results and if you continue in this way it's going to end up to this and so i had to like wake up and wake up and wake up and now i love the truth because the truth is what sets you free it is what sets well, you yeah, free. The, the, i mean truthfully haha um because you it's undeniable like a real truth is undeniable yeah. And it's immutable. It's unchanged. Like, people weren't floating around in the sky when Sir Isaac Newton discovered the law of gravity. It's not made You know up. what I don't It's like right now my hair. I have long hair. Yeah. Right? It's like, well, no, in comparison to other people, actually, your hair is short. Yeah, but that's relative. Medium. Yeah, it's like, yeah. fuck you, dude. My hair is long. That's, that's all it is. It's yeah. not short. It's fucking long. That, yeah. That's all it is. Yeah, to you, you don't think, it, it, you think it's short because you know a guy who has his hair to his fucking knees. It's long hair. Right. 
right? No, to me, you see, in my reality, that's just an average cut for okay, a but That man. sounds like something that a therapist would tell you to say to feel better about yourself. Yeah, it's just crazy. Oh, I, in my, I remember talking logic to somebody. I was, I was breaking down one of their arguments. And she was like, well, if that's what makes you feel better. I'm like, oh, fuck I'm you. Like, I'm like, actually, it, I, I was actually talking about uh, certain women that I didn't want to date. And uh, I just didn't want to date them. They're beautiful, but like I just, for the best part, was it black girls? <laughs> black and fat? No, <laughs> not at all. Um, but uh, but but basically, I was saying that I didn't want to engage in the kind of relationships that they wanted to have, which was like an open kind of relationship. I didn't want to have that. Oh, like with multiple people? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't like that. Yeah, shit. I didn't want to get into that. And and so um, otherwise, I would have dated them. But she was like, "Well, if that makes you feel better," I'm like, "Actually, it doesn't make me feel better. What made me would have made me feel better." Is having sex with them. Yeah. That's actually, if I followed my base passions, that would have felt nice. What I did was the tough choice, which stands to logic, which is I want to have a family one day. And if I continue doing that kind of behavior, that's all I'm going to get. So I need to make a shift in my life to shift my priorities around to meet somebody that eventually down the road, maybe that could happen with. But if I keep doing what I've always been doing throughout my whatever, then I'm going to get that. And, and you, it might feel good, and, but I'm not a hedonist. You're not going to get a different result. No. If you keep doing the same thing, you're going to get the same result. No, and since when saying. has feeling good been a, 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 a positive thing? Like, yeah, I, I feel, feel great. Yeah, it feels good to eat ice cream at night, doesn't it? But it doesn't lead to anything positive. So no. just because something feels... That's the other thing. It's like, if it feels good, do it. No, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, that's, no, no. That's, that's, no. That's, that's a slippery slope. It's a very slippery you gotta slope. You got to make some sacrifices. Yeah, you got it. And like you got to be hard. I'd be eating pizza all the time. Yeah. If that was the case. You, you follow wrestling, right? Do you follow wrestling at all? A little no, bit? Everybody keeps asking me that on the podcast No, you lately. look like you do. Everybody thinks why. that. I watched wrestling in the 90s. Okay, uh, look I, at Vince I, McMahon. I, I, oh, I love Vince Look at Vince McMahon. McMahon. Okay, how chiseled and like gruff he is. And yeah. look at Shane, pudgy little rich kid. That's the difference. He's... Shane is, was was brought up in the luxury. He had everything given to him. Lap Vince, of luxury. Lap of luxury. Thank you. And Vince was the one who like had to grind to get yeah. what he got. That's the difference. And it, I'm sure Vince was at home working on his whatever for hours and hours and hours, beating people up, putting them in headlocks. Exactly. And 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 his t- accountants and his tax lawyers and all those kinds of things and beating them up. And and his son was out partying. And that's the difference. If you want that kind of success, you got to derive it from something else. Not feeling good in that moment you got to delay that gratification and sorry feeling good is not truth oh yeah that's true but it feels so good though it well, when you get to truth the real truth it feels amazing but but to sacrifice that and say well if it feels good do how it how good like, is a poutine though you know what I'm saying? It's, it's amazing I haven't had one in years by the way you haven't no no I, I, and especially uh, what happened to me the last couple of months is I realized I gained weight I um mm, I let myself go. Yeah, thank you. Um, so what I did is now uh, last week I started again with my uh, with my diet, which had got me to lose a lot of weight last which time. Which is what? Which is sugar. Yeah. Like art- completely off the table. Completely off the table. Okay. Dude, you have no idea what difference that makes. In a week, you'll lose like six pounds. Uh, just sugar, but completely off the table. Drink a lot of water. Okay. Uh, try to get some veggies and just high protein. So you want to substitute a meal? Do a protein shake. You're gonna eat something. Get some chicken. Get some pro. Get some veg. Protein makes you lose weight. Okay. All right? Protein makes you lose nice. weight. Trust nice. me. It makes you lose weight. Because uh, no I've breads? done it. Ma- no breads, right? You cut the breads? I cut the breads. I, I-, I ate a little bit of bread yesterday. I felt guilty about it. Uh, you got to cut it completely. If you cut the carbs and just get high protein, no sugar, uh, you do well. You do very you well. You do well, yeah. But yeah. what I've noticed is I go through a period of doing that. Uh, I think it's my kidney that starts hurting or whatever. If you get too much protein. Oh, yeah? Uh, but I read about this. It's normal. You just got to cycle off. Then you calm down. 
you go back to normal, you start introducing different stuff, vegetables, fruits, whatever. Okay, yeah. And then the second you're back to normal, a couple weeks later, bam, you go again, you hit it high protein. Okay. High protein. So um, we're eating like steaks and chickens and fish? And yeah, that steaks thing? and chicken. And try to avoid red meat as much as possible. Okay. Um, you can. Pork is not that bad, apparently. I like pork. Um, I like pork too. Um, but try and avoid it. The best is chicken and fish, man. If you could go on a chicken and fish and veggies diet for a while, you're, and try to get organic chicken if you can. Yeah, yeah. No, um, my store has that. Yeah, PA, by the way, is the best. Yeah, dude, that's why I shop too. Oh, it's the best. Uh, Which one do you do? Uh, Park Avenue, right here. That's mine. The big one. Yeah, the yeah, one yeah. closer to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I do the PA. I also go to Metro a lot because it's really close. But I don't buy everything at Metro. There's certain stuff that I like to get at PA right. that they only have a PA. Plus the prices are better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so high protein, high protein, and low, and then with fat, eat, eat, enjoy fats. Yeah, yeah. Fat has nothing to do with it. Real fat, because that's what people mis- misinterpret. They go, "That's fattening." Yeah, sugar is fattening. And mm-hmm. sugar is horrible for you. Sugar is not just about you gaining weight. Sugar is a poison. You're poisoning your system. Sugar is very bad for you. Okay, right. like uh, candies, all that stuff. But you can get good fats. You get omega fat. You could get fat from your steak, fat from fish. Fat, you know, and eat that. That's fucking good for you with your protein. That's right. great. But avoid sugars at all costs. Okay. And I'm just saying what works for me. No, no, no. I, I did that a few years ago. I lost about 20 pounds. Yeah, you lose and, weight, man. Yeah, and I, I want to go back on to that. Uh, yeah. I, I want to be fit for the summer. Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah, we got to try on that bikini. and yeah. yeah no, bikini season's on the way, man. It is, it is. You got to get ready. But that's my tip. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Fuck, this was fun. This was great, man. It was a good fucking show. We got to do this again. This is great. Jeffrey Applebaum, thank you for. You want anything? Uh, you got a, anything to plug? Anything upcoming? Uh, tonight at the Comedy Nest, I got uh, two shows. Uh, this won't air by then, but that's cool. Yeah, and uh, let's see. Sunday, I'm with you at the Comedy yeah, Nest. Yeah, we got Sunday Fun Day. Sunday Fun Day together. They tweeted that. Yeah, they yeah, tweeted uh, it, yeah. Franco, are you doing a Franco show this weekend too, or Saturday? Oh, oh man, I'm gonna uh, check with him because sometimes okay. I forget, and he reminds me last minute. And okay. I feel and, guilty. And obviously, what we said the 25th, uh, the Saturday 25th at Yuck, Yuck Yucks, Yucks in Ottawa. So if you're in Ottawa, listen to this. Ottawa, get out there. Yeah. Check out Jeffrey Applebaum, conspiracy theorist, comedian, all-around cool dude. Thank you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.